Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League Live in New York. This is our third and final show. Mark Zimmerman distracted right now because he's tweeting out that the show is live. Uh, he's very dedicated. I have to tweet when the show's actually live, so when people click in with all the pre-roll ads from Twitch these days. Oh! Dracos, oh, Dracos is bringing you a drink at the start of the show. Yeah, thank, thank you, Dracos. Please don't spill on any of the important equipment. We don't want to damage our wonderful uh, venues options. We're at the Cutting Room in New York, by the way, which is fantastic, and there's an amazing crowd here. There we go, yes. I hope that comes through. Me too, me too. I mean, it is, it's a fantastic crowd. This is a really, really cool venue. Uh, it's awesome. It's a bit more of a music venue, I think, than what we've had the last couple of weeks. Uh, but it is awesome. There's a bunch of guitars hanging from the ceiling, which yes. is exactly our aesthetic. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I do want to give a big shout out to Chipotle and Grubhub for sponsoring the show tonight. Yes, some clap. There we go. Fantastic. Uh, so just so you all know, we're going to be giving a code from Grubhub. If you do exclamation mark Grubhub in the chat, we'll also be saying that later to save money. Some people are rapidly pulling out their phones right now. And then in addition, over the course of the show, Chipotle is going to be dropping three different codes, each good for 1,000 free entrees. So we're giving oh, uh, 3,000 entrees out over the course of the show. That's going to be in Twitch chat. So people that are here in person need to open up Twitch chat if they really want to get that. So we'll be doing that later. But Mark Zimmerman, North America Woo. completely eliminated from Worlds. We have mostly LCK, LPL, and LEC fans in the audience, I guess. Uh, uh, how are you holding up? Uh, I, I've been okay. I've basically hermited in my room for the last three or four days watching TV. I finished The Watcher. I started Devs. I watched Leia's House of the Dragon episode, you know? Some people apparently like those shows. Fantastic, yes. As always, I'm glad that you're giving the rundown on your media side. No, but... How have you, you did a blame game today. Yes, I did. Where you said North America fa or NA fans deserve to be angry. Yeah. Um, so, so you're promoting toxicity. Yeah, I'm saying if you're not in a player's DMs, you're not a real fan. Oh, no, no, God. No, 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 oh, no, no, boy. no, don't do that. That's a joke. Um, no, the point was just that, like, I put out a video trying to set expectations to be reasonable. We then underperformed my undersold expectations. And if you needed, like, that's a good enough reason to be mad. Um, in that video, if you missed it, I talked about um, some stats, just about how we performed, not just in terms of win rate, because that's often what we talk about, but just goal differences at 15 were abysmal. Like, we were getting blown out. The kill to death ratios were terrible. Like, also just watching the games didn't feel particularly good. And so I think, like, the gap has gotten worse, or it was just, Maybe it's just an underperformance this year, however you want to frame it. But, um, yeah, I think it's, there's, a, there's a good reason to not be happy. Well, we will be talking about that tonight because I'm sure a lot of you would like to share Make your Make sure takes. to grab a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, please grab a drink. It'll save us money. Um, but we'll be talking about that. But we also have some guests tonight that will be making appearances on the show who are not from the LCS. And so if you all in the audience only give us LCS takes... It's going to be very boring for them. So uh, please do me a favor and uh, come up with some takes. Start There's talking about how Rogue's going to lose for whenever Dracos comes up here. Yes, yes, so exactly. So he can tell you about why he disagrees. Yes. There's also some rumors about a schedule change with the LCS. <laughs> very Groans. Mixed, mixed responses from the audience. Uh, some people who prefer weekends, perhaps, to so weekdays. But 
I'm sure some of you will talk about that. I don't know what else. Uh, my, there's oh the there's a, a prestige Cassante skin that got. I don't. We never do skin takes, did, but did, we did one in New York already. Once. Yes. So did it get shown yet, or was there just the little Nas X video? I think it got. Sh it's on PBE, right? Yes. People are saying oh, okay. this here. Yes. I haven't looked at it yet. Yes. All I saw was the one where everyone's just a black blob of like ether dark void stuff you know what was that skin line called with pike running around killing everyone whatever this is not what we talk about on the show yeah the empyrean line uh also shout out to chipotle right now we have our first free burrito being dropped in the twitch chat right now if you text a code to a number you can get your first free entree so that's available now in the chat but i think before we get into anything and again everybody in the, ch in the audience get your takes ready but if he's out here, we would like to uh, welcome a special guest to the show from a really amazing television show that was available recently to watch. I don't know where he is. I'm hoping he's here. Misha, are you here? Misha, where are you? Is he moving? Can you come up to the show? Okay, here we go. Here we go. So. That's not the name they'll know, though. What, who is it? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, this way. Oh, wow. That was bold of you. I hope no one else decides to make that entrance. Okay. Thank you for demonstrating how not to get yes. on the stage to start the show. Yes. There's a, there's a mic you're about to sit on. Uh, yes. Thank you for taking the chip. Our sponsors appreciate that. Welcome to the show. Mm. Misha, as you've been here uh, this week watching Worlds, what is your takeaway for North America? Oh, I've been so impressed. So, <laughs> you know, it's my first world. I was promised... Um, an amazing NA performance, and they haven't disappointed at all. <laughs> Have you been watching the games? Um, I saw, I, so I was there at Madison Square Garden to watch Cloud9. Yes. First game, I was like, this is it. Yes. We're, <laughs> we're turning it around. All it took is for me to be in the audience for them to uh, turn it around. And then I realized I had to play um, good, good teams yeah. later on, <laughs> which I wasn't aware of. No one warned me about that. Yes. Uh, so I don't know. I don't want to get into a huge spoiler for the end of players, but something happens at the end of the the season. Yeah, and it involves worlds. Does it feel more real now, like watching it kind of happen in real life? What what NA teams go through? Yeah, I mean, it makes me think that fugitive maybe overperformed. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> what we won two games? Yeah, it's totally yeah. unrealistic. No, 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 crazy. That's clearly some Hollywood writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, what has it been like for you? Because for those that don't know, you live in New York, yes? Yeah. A fantastic. Oh, I don't know if there's... Yeah, we, Woo! New York, New York crowd. Brooklyn. So what has it been like for yeah. you? Uh, because obviously you worked on the show for quite some time, uh, but now Worlds is in your backyard and you've gotten to go to the, sh to the event and see the tournaments and all that stuff. So what's it been like for you attending the event? It's been so much fun. We were supposed to shoot at the LCS finals last year in New Jersey at the Prudential Center. Of course, COVID stopped that from happening but i the whole time i had been waiting to see what actual fans were like in actual arenas instead of these you know hired extras pretending to like the lcs and we could uh, use some of those for viewership <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah how much do they cost well, yeah where did you get those because that would help uh perhaps i'm sure i could give you guys some numbers or Thank something you, yeah that'd be great uh but it was amazing i mean the energy is so fun it's so electric and to you know it's so when, when you're in the room you really feel like you're at uh, a sports a sporting event, and yes. that, it's really exciting. Have you gotten recognized much from fans? Uh, yeah, I mean, the place I got recognized the most was probably in uh, in 
League of Legends events. Well, I just <laughs> yes, I meant at, while you've been attending, do you has, yeah. it, has it increased relative? Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you go to the events. I don't know if while you're there, there's a bunch of people coming up to you and saying cream cheese. No, people are coming up to me, and it feels really good. And it's just like it's nice to know that people in the league world are watching players. I mean, that's what's most important. I feel like these are the people. Uh, you guys are the people who like the show is for in many ways. And so it's really, it feels so good when people, when people say, I watch the show, I like the show. Yeah. I hate awesome. cream cheese, whatever they say. How you know? are you signed? Has anybody asked for a signature? And no. So, I don't think people, for do people signature? do that anymore? Yes. yes. Don't say that there's a person sitting in the front who asked Mark and I for signatures earlier. Really? Yes. She's no, right there. No now you've a- shamed her into no. thinking. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you no, sign no your real name or cream cheese? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Is like, are you signing cream cheese or? No one's asked for a signature. Okay, okay. Well, I guess game you'll time decision. Out there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. when the pen's in his hand, he'll <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, other than that, uh, what what do you think the takeaways are for North? How do we solve this problem, Misha? Because oh. uh, we've got all these experts internally and all these people in the audience that are gonna come up here and say this is what's wrong with North America, but you've played a fictionalized version of an LCS player. Right. So you should have, at the very least, a fictional idea of how (laughs) to solve the the issue. Definitely any ideas I have are fictional. I think, (laughs) God, I don't know. Um, I want to say things like, Work harder. <laughs> you you right on the pulse of Reddit. That's uh, play smarter. I mean, I, I really I, I feel like the only advice I know from players is about uh, you know communication, finding true love, <laughs> centering yourself, being zen. Uh, you know, having fun is always important, and it's no fun to lose. So. Try and have more fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sage, sage advice. All right, well, hey, I do want to thank you for coming out. Well, um, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank yeah, I know. It's super awesome to have you make an appearance. I knew we were going to be doing these shows in New York, and I really wanted to make sure that you could you could pop in. Uh, if you need more drink tickets, tech with, with the front. Uh, I know that's you. the real payment we're providing for your appearance. It's so. worth a lot. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Thank anyway, you guys so much. Yeah, thanks thank for you. coming on. Anything you want to say to anybody out there, anybody that's watched players or anybody in the audience, anything like at all? Yeah, if you've watched it, watch it again. We can't get enough views on this thing. <laughs> so thank you guys, though, for yeah. real. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, thank you so it much. It means a lot. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. Okay. So this time, instead of jumping off the up uh-huh. or on the side, there's an exit right over here. Oh, great. Uh, which I is much more safe. I didn't see that. And less You're likely good. to involve now us in a lawsuit. Now you can demonstrate for the people after yes. you how to yeah, exactly. got properly. The way not to and the now, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You get both covered. Yes. Perfect. Thank All you right. so much again. Thank Thanks. you, guys. Thank yeah, you. Of course. Of course. And maybe people that are in the audience could ask him for a signature so he can figure out how he's going to sign this stuff. All right. Well, Mark, is it time for us to bring our first... Uh, I don't know, professional guest, no offense to Misha, but our first, uh, our first non-fictional League of Legends. Non-fictional guest. Yes, yeah, let's exactly. Get uh, to, the, to the show. Dracos. Daniel San. Dracos. Dracos, there's an entrance over on this side. It's poorly marked, I know. The, the lights are really bright here, so I just see like shapes yeah, no. moving. I thought it was that guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I did too. I thought that was Drake. He's got glasses and a beard. Yeah, there's a Dracos impersonator. I saw him drifting through the crowd. You can't see anything. It's all just shades. No, now he's walking over here. I just want to make sure you're not not coming on the show. You you aren't Dracos. Okay, Dracos, you're going to sit there. Welcome to the show. 
Thank Daniel you. Daniel Dracos. I pride myself on my generic aesthetic for this exact reason. Yeah, Shout thank you. Shout out to bearded white guy with glasses. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So there's so many in New York. Yeah, yes. yeah, we're just double. We're like rabbits. Yes. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so how has New York been to you? Have you been to New York previously? So I was like 12 when I went to New York, which okay. is a vastly different experience, and yes. I was not a fan. The Warhammer store, very expensive here, yeah. and that was about... The extent of my interest at 12. Okay. My friend, my mom's friend's apartment did not have an Xbox. You know, bad, bad experience overall. Now much better, although I will say Times Square sucks. It is awful. <laughs> Woo! Is that, I didn't know that was a common sentiment. People hated Times Square. I didn't Square. know that either, but I'm really glad because if that was like the pride and joy of New Everyone York, I'd be, booing like, you. I'd be like very concerned. Yeah. No, New Yorkers hate Times Square. It's like, oh, it's like Hollywood Boulevard for Los Angeles people. You never want to send somebody there. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. The amount of people who are like not a fan of walking on the right side of the road or in the right direction, also the sheer quantity of people. It's little things I never thought I'd be upset about, but when you have like the same Hershey's chocolate ad playing behind them a million times a second, it becomes much more obnoxious for some reason. Yeah. Well, hey, what else, is, what else have you enjoyed? Because so far you've talked about things you did not enjoy. So is there anything about New York in any way, shape, or form that you enjoy? I mean, I live in Berlin, so the food quality here is fantastic on average, <laughs> which is great. Good pizza. Yeah. Um, I prefer the Chipotle, but yes, go ahead. The chip I, you know, again, had Chipotle today. Yes. Uh, was going to make it healthy, added way too much salsa and um, queso. Yes. So failed in that regard. Well, regardless. Okay, so you, you like the food. Yeah, food overall, food very, very good in New York, I would All say, right. on average. Because Berlin has good food, but the floor or the average for Berlin is, like, just so low. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just pitifully low. I don't know if it's a taste thing, a regional taste thing, but they don't mean spicy when they say spicy. And that's very off-putting when you buy something that's supposed to be spicy. All right, let's get into the meat of the discussion here, though. Yes. Let's talk about worlds. How are you feeling? Scared. <laughs> I would take scared over depressed right now. Uh, yeah, I can't be depressed yet because I still have a team. I feel like that's insensitive to North American fans to call myself depressed at this point. I feel like it's a smaller scale, but it's looming. I mean, I did the it's looming. I did the most depressing winners interview ever with Odo Omne uh, at the end of last week. It was it was so funny because he he it's like congratulations you made it to quarterfinals and he's just like oh man the West just sucks <laughs> the gap is huge I can't believe we suck so much and I'm just like. Congratulations, uh, you did it. Odo uh, could win the lottery and complain about the tax on his like lotto ticket. <laughs> He'd be like, "Why did it cost I mean, three dollars?" He, I was interviewing him after three straight losses that day. Um, he won that first game, and then he just lost three games. And then I was like, "Hey, congrats, you made it. You're the Western Hope." And he's like, "Yeah, this feels miserable." Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I'm sure that there's kind of a weird feeling of like having the team there. So we talked a lot recently about North America and its problems and whatnot. You're more plugged into the European scene. Like, sure. is there a similar undercurrent there? I know Rogue did make quarters, but to this point about how Odo Omne is feeling about, like, well, I still feel like crap, and the one in nine week two did not feel good. Like, do you, is there, like, European fans who are like, eh, we're happy to have a team in quarters, or are there teams like, we wanted more? Like, we didn't want G2 to get destroyed and, and stuff like that. I think teams always want more. I think we've been, like, riding high since 2019, and it probably sets us up with potentially some unreasonable expectations of, like, how well EU teams are going to do internationally. But definitely when people looked at this G2 lineup, I mean, they were expected to win the finals. And when they, even when they bombed out against Rogue, G2 are the team that, because they've achieved so much in the past, you kind of give them that plot armor benefit of the doubt. 
didn't pan out uh, quite clearly. Uh, and Plot armor is dead for yeah, sure. Yeah, similar story for Fnatic. You know, these are the two like iconic European organizations that you always expect to achieve something. And Fnatic, of course, like they're known for going 0-3 and then coming back in week two. These miracle runs, crazy, you know, drama, etc. And so when they start 2-1, you're feeling pretty optimistic as an EU fan. Like that's two more wins than we've ever gotten in a quarter's attempt, a quarter's run. And then yeah, of course. It all kind so, of just went to hell in week two. I just want to say, first off, thank you so much for coming here because be there's here. other European in, talent. In the Twitch chat right now, Shox is telling everybody about how she betrayed me. That's and because great. she's bringing it up in the Twitch chat, I will bring it up. So Shox had said she was going to be here tonight, and there were several other casters who were also going to be here. Uh, then later, I found out that she had decided to purchase a bunch of people Hamilton tickets and attend Hamilton tonight. Don't clap, you boo. <laughs> and I, yes, thank you, thank you. We'll clip this and, and send that to Shock. She and got she's booed. in the chat right now bragging about it. And I also want to give a big shout out to Atlas, who's over there, because Atlas had said he was going, to, or she had said Atlas was one of the people that was going to be attending Hamilton. I messaged him and confronted him aggressively about yes. this decision. And then he's like, uh, never, never mind, never mind. I would love to go to Hotline League. Uh, I, I've so, learned, this is the most unflattering. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're my second choice. Shock's going to be no, here. No, no, no. And you're you like, and be... I bullied that guy into yes. coming. But like, no, no. But here's the cool <laughs> thing. I told Dracos, thank God. He's like, I'll be there and I'm going to be there. And I said, thank you so much, Dracos, for making yeah. it because everybody else bailed. I and, got then, you. and then Atlas came All through. Reliable. Laura's All here. Reliable. There's some people here. So. Uh, but anyway, Shocks, you know, all those people that like her, they shouldn't like her. That's my Yeah, my she takeaway. threw away her shot, which she'll learn not the best idea post-musical. Yes. I, yeah, and I've heard nothing but terrible things about Hamilton. So yeah. she's going to have a miserable time, I'm sure. All right. Uh, Mark, is it time to bring our first audience member up? I guess so. Do you want? I mean, is there that other is, things you want to talk to Dracos about? I mean, oh, always. We were joking about how we would just talk yeah. about for an hour and a half. For those who don't know, me and Mark are very good league friends, but like only talk about non-league things. So there's a high chance we could derail this entire show into yeah, just we, like we're like absolute nonsense. What Steam games you playing today? <laughs> well, there's another show happening on the stage in like an hour and a half, so we need to make sure that we don't go over. So you should go find people. All right, audience. let's yes. get our hands up. I'll start walking around. Yes. See, see what's up. So Mark is gonna go out there. Make sure you're careful when you come on stage because. Uh, we don't want you to trip over something and get hurt. So, all right, Dracos. Yes. What are the chances that uh, Rogue actually makes it out? So I was pretty doom and gloom, and then I talked to Lore, and Lore is significantly more optimistic, but I am sweating because I feel like Rogue are very good at one particular draft and one particular style, and rumor has it that they're scrimming a lot of other things that we have yet to see on stage, but I'm also perpetually a pessimist, so I am very, I am like... I'm hoping for anything more than summary execution at the hands of JDG. Okay, like if yeah. we're if we're not embarrassed or if we get five games, I'll be very pleased. That is my goal. Which is not it's not it doesn't feel good to say that as an EU pundit, but that's like what I'm holding on to hope for. Yes. This is how North American feel North America feels in groups. And you get to feel in quarters. So. To be I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of like lost tiebreakers historically. It's not usually this well miserable. There's I a little bit of false hope. I just want to give a shout out. Did you all know that at Worlds this year? North America is five and three against Europe. So anyone who says we deserve to lose a seed, screw you. Um, 
I mean, we will, I'll tell you what, next year we could send a fifth seed and then you can boost that win rate yes. even more. Send all your worst teams and we'll just yeah. have evil geniuses. Have you our guys heard of Astralis? Yes. We would be happy to offer them a sacrifice. I haven't heard of the North American actually, ego. That's, that, uh, that's uh, fair. We don't it's not CS, so yeah, that's yeah. understandable. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, you've had some crazy, there's some crazy changes happening yes. in LEC right now uh, with, I don't know, certain teams are becoming other teams. Yes. Is that got, exciting to you? Uh, I mean, it's always exciting to see more people participate in LEC. I, I don't know the intimate details of most of what these changes are actually going to mean. Because sometimes yes. they're big, huge infrastructure changes. Sometimes, in the case of Heretics, it's a brand new org joining. So it's kind of a wait and see. I'm excited for the potential, but there have been, over the course of the years, anywhere from the great, great orgs to like the really underwhelming orgs. So we'll just have to see what, uh, what LEC looks like in the near future. For now, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Okay, very good. Uh, hello, welcome to the show. What's your name? Uh, my league name is Ron Blade. Uh, Ron Blade. Yeah, oh wait, yeah. I know it was Ron Blade even. Yeah, yes. visiting yes. from Australia. We met very briefly at groups. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, Ron Blade, frequent caller on Hotline League, now here in person. And yeah, where are you joining us from? You mentioned it. Well, but I, yeah, I, I traveled here from Sydney, Australia. So I'm in town. Sydney, for a Australia. Shout out Sydney. Yeah. And you flew out just to make it on Hotline League tonight. Exactly. I all of it. All this entire trip is purely about this evening. So. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. No, how much of groups are you going to? So I managed to go to the last two days of groups, and I'm going to the first two days of quarters. First so. two days of quarters. Okay, and you flew, and did you actually fly out from Sydney just to go to Worlds this year? Uh, so I'm going to When We Were Young Festival next weekend okay. in Vegas, and then I was like, it's the same timing, so I came earlier to do Worlds. So. Gotcha, gotcha. I okay. did choose group stage over My Chemical Romance in LA last weekend. My so Chemical Ooh, Romance. Wow. That's a tough call. That mm. is commitment. Wait, what region do you support? Because depending on that, this could have been a horrible uh, choice. Well, because of travel. I support NA, so uh, hey. so so basically, I'm an Australian. Guys, you're, you're cheering, but he missed My Chemical Romance for that week one. Yeah, I don't think you I, should be cheering. You need no, it was week two. You need week MCR two. for week for after week two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an Australian who supports NA, so I lose twice every tournament. So oh god. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Yeah, uh, so. The cold version of my take is that no, NA... No, just hot version. Oh, hot version of the take? NA, NA's performance in group stage was more impressive than the LPLs. What? <laughs> what? Okay. I got some logic behind this, but... Uh, okay, so... Mark said to me, to your take is so bad, I will pull you straight away. <laughs> okay, just to repeat. And by the way, did you say hi to Atlas? Because he's also from Yeah, we had a photo, so... Okay, good. Okay. So, again, your take is north america's group's performance was more impressive than lpl's yes okay this is going to take some explaining so go okay. ahead okay so what we know we have very hard data on this that the lpl is the best region in the world they've lost the three they've won the three last three major international tournaments and na is the weakest of the four major regions we have performed the worst at the last few major international tournaments and so when we come to international tournaments na's approach should be like we're the underdogs any win we get is an upset this is you know we're here to just like scrap them things out see what we can do lpl come in they should expect to win everything comfortably because like let's go through the groups in group one uh adg literal former world champions from last year the meta's coming back into their favor they should expect to win everything and instead they get stomped by t1 in both games uh they don't look that they lose a game to Fnatic, and uh they don't lose a game to uh, cloud nine let's not talk about that and so cloud nine on the other hand how the hell are they meant to beat t1 how are they held meant to beat edg former world champions uh and they beat Fnatic, which is a literal eu super team so like well done cloud nine you did good uh then we get to gr group b where we've got jdg 
Uh, they are the best team in China. Of course they should win all their games. Like, that's not even a big deal. So well done to them. But, like, EG has to play against Damwon Kia in a meta that suits them. They have to play against JDG. Uh, they managed to pick up a game against G2, who had beat them six times in a row at MSI. Like, we're feeling good about that. Okay. We don't need to run through all the groups. I, Top we, bombs out. RNG. I mean, they had COVID, so I, feel, I don't want to be rude to them. But you can see where I'm going yeah, with this. Yeah, and then obviously TES doesn't make it out. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like LPL... How did hell TS doesn't make it out? Like that's actually ridiculous. You know what? I'm I'm a, I'm on this I'm on board with this take. Preseason or pre-world, all the tier lists, one, two, three, four, with Gen G slammed in there to make a top five, all LPL teams. One of them doesn't even get out of groups. Exactly. And that's, not only that's that, terrible. Only one gets out first. Like it's not just that like how are we living in a world where only one LPL team gets out first? Come on. I agree. If they're the best region in the world, why aren't they winning? You know, I'm kind of on board with this, too. I, it's such a crazy way to say it, <laughs> but I really like it. I, I, Here, I, here's my question. This is your show. So are we... Do you want me to, like... You're should to I call this out or should I indulge this? Listen, you're no, not you a North American you fan. So you don't have to buy into the, like, weird psychology yeah, that we're all getting inducted just into. Just understand there's you a bunch of... You can be the same person. There's, there's a bunch of LCS fans sitting in front of you. So yeah, I just want to I'm, I'm you know. aware. That's... Okay. okay, that's great. That's, you can be sane. Sure, sure. You don't have to buy okay. in. It's, there's that Bo Burnham song, if anyone's a Bo Burnham fan. It's like, if you want love, lower your expectations. It's yeah. like, if you want success, North America, like, lower your... And this does not feel good, guys. I'll be honest. Like, I see the point in your take and I get it. Like, ignoring all historical data about, like, PL in groups, just like looking at top successes. I get what you're saying, but this is, I don't think this is the standard of expectation you want to set moving forward. Like being 5-3 over EU, like I'll, I'll give you that because like EG absolutely embarrassed, mad and like good on them. But you got, you got to ask for more. You got to ask for like, like 100 Thieves, if the 100 Thieves had got that win in that close Seraphine Senna game, I would have been like, no. you know what? I'm with you. Good on them. That was like, that would have been a massive upset, but, but they didn't. The current world's format is in the theory of the current world's format is that 100 Thieves are meant to be able to beat reigning MSI champions RNG in a meta that is coming back into their strengths. Like, that is the logic of, like, oh, they're the two seed from NA, you're the four seed from LPL. There is no world where 100 Thieves should be expected to beat RNG. RNG, like... They literally won MSI the other day. I don't know if you should be appealing to the current world's format for logic. Yeah, I agree, agree. I mean, so... I understand the point that you're making. It's fun. Ultimately, though, like I think North American fans should be expecting more than three and fifteen. I don't think this was a good performance by any stretch of the actual imagination, even by our own standards. Like you're talking about history, yeah. we have a forty percent win rate usually in group stage if you take it across all years. It's been trending down because, yeah, because got back harder. in the day we used to get to play against. It's like a sixteen percent win rate. And, yeah. Okay. Here, well, here's another way of putting it. Who should be more surprised after groups, LCS or LPL fans? LCS fans. LPL fans are like, shit, only one team bombed? Like, let's go. Let's keep <laughs> it going. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to happen. Like, we all remember LGD 2015, and this looked a lot better than LGD 2015, and that's before we even talk about, you know, like, this, this Lucian thing, this Mal Malmordius thing, which is obviously, like, super tragic yeah, and yeah. super unfortunate. So I think that I, any LPL fan, any, any top fan is going to be super disappointed. But at the end of the day, we very regularly see one LPL team either come in with, like, a completely wrong read at the meta or we find out later that, like, their practice wasn't good and they kind of, like, scrimmed some stupid meta that has, like, lost them eight or, games. Or, like, their team's exploding internally. Yeah. 
And like that's from what we can understand as as people who aren't able to read every single article article on Weibo or or whatever. And one thing you said is worth mentioning too is LPL's domination of international competition is not through group stages usually. Yes. Yeah. Um, LCK has maintained a higher win rate through groups except for that one year. I, I'm pretty sure in 2018. Even then, I think they might have still had a higher win rate in that group stage. I'd have to double check that. But like LCK always does better than LPL in group stage. It's about where it goes from here. Um, I think that is what LPL fans care about. I really don't think they care that much about group stage if they walk away with the title at the end of the day and, you know, two teams in semis or whatever. The only thing I'd say about this year specifically is that because NA always starts from behind, the fact that we weren't able to scrim other regions until the tournament was basically already underway, it seemed to me that maybe we needed to have even lower than usual expectations because NA teams didn't have time to catch up. So Yeah, I feel like that's just copium. I mean, it's, it's just really, like, it is a convenient argument, but I just don't... I don't know. I I think there is truth to it, but it's hard to say how much it matters. Because like, we obviously hear all the time from pro players how great it is to scrim in Korea, how great it is to just practice on Korean solo queue, but it's hard to say like how much of an influencing factor that actually is, especially when NA came in with like a super wrong meta read week one for, and was already scrimming, as I understand it, some international teams to get that read on the meta. Like that didn't, They didn't just make that up themselves. They weren't like, ah, yes, us on our own, Nidalee Fiora, we love it. We want more of it. Like, clearly that came from practice against other international teams. So I think it's, it's there. It's a factor. But I, I, wouldn't say, I couldn't say it's a massive factor. All right. Ron Blade, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for coming all the way from Australia just for this. Is there anything you want to shout out? Yeah, I just want to quickly, like, totally random. But I want to shout out. Everyone does Moxie dirty over his Silver Scrapes rendition, but actually it was clearly the production crew that screwed him over by not giving him an earpiece to be able to sing in time with the music. And I it, feel that you need deserve to be defended and you shouldn't be thrown to the, do to the dogs of the community like you've been. So uh, I, I really appreciate that, but I did have an earpiece. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I will say is that it was not a rehearsed segment, so the, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. not hear it because it was way too low. I didn't know how loud it was going to be on stage, so I actually couldn't hear the music still, to your point, yeah. but I did actually have an earpiece in. All right, I just well, I couldn't hear it. I'm trying. I'm trying. I appreciate it. <laughs> Never let facts get in the way, man. Thank you so much, Ron Blade. Thanks so much. A round of applause. Thank you, thank you. Be careful as you exit the stage, please. All right, so, Mark, you want to go grab another audience member? I had a European rogue take next, and then I'll do another Ooh. lap next time when, okay. we, when we ever do So, it. careful, you're going to walk around to this side, and then don't trip over anything on your way up here. Also, to our production crew, who've probably already noticed, Twitch chat has said it's a tad quiet on stream. So I'm sure we'll get that bumped just a little bit. I see him upping the volume right now. Please, Twitch chat, let us know if that is better. Hello, and welcome Hello. to the show. You were on our first show. Yes. It's Treethin. Treethin, welcome back to the show. Hello, everyone. Remind everyone where you're joining us from. Uh, I'm from Jersey City, but I walked here 15 minutes from work. Jersey City, but you walked here 15 minutes for work. Let's give a round of applause for not being able to afford living in the city you work in. Um, Yay! It's a thing many people in Los Angeles relate to. All right, uh, what is your take tonight? When Rogue wins Worlds, it will save NA. Okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of interesting takes tonight. Look at that, I got tonight. you a happy take. That yes. is a happy, happy? take. Yes. Um, all right. What? Where did you buy your drugs? Because I've been looking and I haven't been. They are all over There's New York City. There's a bodega down the street. Yeah, like I'm just kidding. All the entire comms yeah, team is here. Don't say that. New don't York. follow up on that. That has to be a joke. All right. So, why don't you go ahead and explain what you mean? Um. 
so to me, Western orgs are, are really just like money-based. So when Rogue wins Worlds, it will literally, investors will have dollar signs and they will pour a ton of money in LCS and then therefore save NA. So, sorry, they're going to pour money into acquiring rogue players or... Oh, no, no just like the entire Western portion. Oh, of it will prove that the West can win. And so North American uh, teams will spend even more money than they currently do that, yes. because they will think that that is a solution. Uh, uh, there's, there's two parts to this. One is how is Rogue going to win Worlds? We'll get to that in a second. But first, just the sponsorship angle in like the West. It is so funny to tilt the shit out of European fans... Because they think we do it, like, super seriously. And, like, the only w reason that I call it the West is to differentiate it from LCK and LPL. Yes. Because you're not that Europe. And yes. that's why I say, like, East versus West. I don't actually mean, like, we're one region. <laughs> but oh, I mean one region. Well, I do it I'm ironically. I'm just so excited that the West is still in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all cheering it's for the West. It's so funny to watch them all mauled on Reddit comments about, like, they're saying the West, but they're not, they're not Europe. But Europe... Yeah. To be fair, I don't mind. But, like, I'm obviously, like, a, I don't know, a sleeper agent over in EU. I'm a North American in EU. Yes. So, like, what am I going to say? Like, how dare you? Yeah, I yeah. have had to earn this. I have been here for six years. I had to earn my ability to bandwagon. You, you all have to move to Berlin before you cheer for Rogue. Like, no, nah, it's cool. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue, you know, give them the Rogue, support. Rogue's owned by a North American organization. Look, I, you know what? I don't need, the, they, I don't well, need that information. But now they're coy, right? So Partnered, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Partnered. it's technically still part NA. Partnered where you own the majority of our company shares. We don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, why are Rogue going to win? I actually think they're a great team. And I know that Odo seems pretty depressed. But, like, I, I legitimately think Rogue was, like, far and above the best team in EU last split. And I legitimately think they will upset JDG. And I love Rogue's play style, like, honestly. Like, Maorang's, like, one of my favorite junglers I've ever seen play in LEC, personally. Okay. You make me very happy. I'm so glad that you. He's a good jungler, and you continue to think that we just need more money to win in North America. I think, like to boil it down, like what my thought process is, I actually do think a lot of organizations in North America are focusing on other things and losing sponsorships a little bit. From what I'm seeing, and it seems to be like a lot of contracts aren't being renewed, and they're cost cutting in certain ways. So maybe spending more money is the wrong thing, but maybe it's more. Uh, using their money more wisely in, in the LCS and other things because like I, I don't think money is being spent optimally for a ton of these orgs. Uh, well, here, here let, me, let me focus your take a little bit more. Sure. I think one argument you could be making is that unless, rather than money, what it is is, you know, like, what is that, that phenomenon where like after somebody breaks a record, suddenly a bunch of other people break that record because there's almost like a mental thing that unlocks where people realize that exactly. like it can happen. So maybe it's less the money thing. It's more like the, the you know. Where's the Yamato speech? We need the Yamato speech. That's. You're not, what? You're not getting that from me. Damn. Okay. I'm, I'm anyway. So, I just, I said, I said the word summary execution about the Rogue game. Well, well let's, let's, uh, let's dive in then. So will Rogue win Worlds, gents? Let's tackle JDG first, and maybe we'll get to it next week. I, I would say one step at a time, but I appreciate your faith in Rogue, and I agree in your excitement about Maorang, because I love Feast or Famine players. Like, shout out to Chovy, because he's insanely consistent. The man CS is like a god, and that has to be respected, because he's unmatched in that capability, but I don't want to watch a man CS or be good at CSing. I want to watch a man gank eight times and either lose the game or win the game in the first 10 minutes. And I'm biased because I'm a play-by-play -play caster, so that means I get a shout. I have never once shouted for Chovy CSing. Is it shout-worthy? 
that's debatable. But I'm a sucker for those players. That's why I love Hillisang. There's a lot of these uh, flip... Nagari, shout out to Nagari. You know, like, obviously, insane as well. 04 Renekton or absolute god carry. You know, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so I'm with you in the hype for him and the hype for Rogue. I was, I was surprised domestically, but... I don't, I don't see it, my friend, and that feels bad because I feel like I'm the regional representative. But all right, Rogue you're, have not have not given me that faith yet. You're, you're a pessimistic sports fan. You're one of those guys. I'll yes. give you the optimistic angle. Rogue looked their best on like late game scaling for the most part with Absolutely. an aggressive bot lane that was kind of like the bridge through the early game for then Larson and you know yep. like their team fighting to come through. Malring as well being very aggressive. JDG's bot lane looked a little sus at times. Hope had some games. I think, wasn't there a game where Hope just got, like, absolutely obliterated a bunch of times in a row? Yep. So, like, there's a world. Blueprint. Okay. You get these Callistas, these Lucians, these aggressive bot laners for comp. He pops off. You have an advantage going to mid to late game. JDG seems to have, be able to win team fights no matter what position the game state is in, so that's a little scary. But maybe with the team fighting comp advantage, eh. I'm with you. I like what Rogue are bringing to the table in terms of strategy. I do feel like we haven't seen a lot else from them past that like kind of baton system where you've got bot lane, early game, Malrang, ganking like a psycho, you know, and then you've got the scaling slash team fighting components from Odawamne and Larson. I love that. I think it's worked really well for them. It worked incredibly well for them domestically. But as we get later and later in the tournament and top laners get more and more vicious, like, yes, Odawamne is notorious for neutralizing top lane matchups. He'll play Maokai and he'll just survive. And it's not the flashiest thing in the world, but credit to him for doing it. But it's hard when you're against a player who like three six nine. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you don't just get. I don't just get to assume before we go into the series. Like, nah, guys, don't worry. He survived. You know, wonder. He survived broken blade. He'll he'll be fine against three What's six the nine. What's the diff? Exactly right. So it's, what it's I'm hearing easy. is you don't think that Rogue can win worlds. No, Mark, you don't think Rogue can win worlds? I bet they can't win worlds, but they can beat JDG. Okay, well, so I know she's going to be on later, but because she's over there, Lore. All right, can Rogue win Worlds? She says yes. Lore says yes. So we're, we'll get her on later, and she can explain why. But at least there's one believer here that, that thinks it can happen. Lore has a succinct take. I'm excited for the world to hear this take, too. Lore, Lore is, is very prepared and much less pessimistic than I am. She has I, arguments. I'm ready. Because every time like EU fails, I'm like, you know, I'm negative. I'm like, it hurts so bad. And Lore's, every time EU fails, she's like, but they could have done it. They could have won. <laughs> you should cast an NA. Fantastic. Mm fail all the time so that uh okay so now Tempting. what the other part was what's going to happen with uh, na teams i don't do we want to talk about any of the budget or do we, did you hear anything like that on the audience about the team budgets and there's like some na infrastructure type takes in general floating around out there i know we'll, okay we'll find one well, maybe we'll save one for when atlas is on and he can give an uninformed take on it uh it'll be great we'll force him to randomly say things about the <laughs> ecosystem he's not Hi, a part here's of here's a highly delicate issue atlas you're not a part of either of those atlas regions. hello draco's uh, is trying okay never mind let's you're get fine. your take it's okay you don't have to watch the show it's fine you're gonna be on later but you don't need to know what's happening okay uh treat Trethan, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining the show. Is there anything you want to shout out here? Yeah, uh, shout out to the Hamilton live stream Atlas is watching. Oh, wow. Well, that is happening. It's a streaming <laughs> platform. I see, I see. He's decided to open up. That King George song's amazing. Yes, yeah. It's a good, it's a good musical. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. All right, I think we keep Dracos for one more. I do a quick sure. uh, sponsor break while you... Uh, go find another person. Oh, okay. Does that work? Yeah, sure. Okay. We're, we make the show up as we go along. 
So now I would like to welcome Drew while you're just mooning the audience. Um, be careful where you stick that. Okay. Uh, we're, I'm welcoming Drew to the audience who's delivering tonight's dessert Shout courtesy of Grubhub. Thank you, Drew, for joining the show and bringing this out. Grubhub is a fantastic partner to Travis Gafford Industries. Yes, you can take the bag. Thank you. Uh, and display it, please. Yes, there we go. Fantastic. There we go. Grubhub sponsoring Hotline League. They'd not, we would not be here if it was not for them. So thank you so much to Grubhub for uh, providing support for the show as well as dessert for our table. It's a pastry. Okay, anyway, uh, so I also want to mention that Grubhub is, uh, you can use a code right now, which is TGNYC. And I believe right now if you do exclamation mark Grubhub in the chat, it should pop up. But just in case we're having some issues, TGNYC. And that'll get you, that'll get you, oh, I need to switch over to make sure that I've got the right information on it this, this time. We're going to pull it up. Uh, but anyway, thank you. I'll, I'll get the exact details on that. In fact, my chat is already, or my, my production chat is already on it. But uh, I would like you all to go for the win by going for Grubhub because with the Grubhub guarantee, your food delivery just got better. You get your food delivered on time at the lowest prices guaranteed or they'll make it right it's been fantastic to have grubhub on as a partner for uh the show and for so many other things that we have done this year they've been wonderful to work with and just having them on is great yes and it's five dollars off your grubhub order of ten dollars or more now through october 27th terms apply you can get that in the uh in the chat if you want to learn what those terms are but thank you drew for uh bringing up our delivery and thank you grubhub for sponsoring the show can we get a round of applause for Grubhub? Thank Draco's you. Draco's has to eat it, right? No. Okay. Right. Anyway, thank you to Grubhub. Again, it's TGNYC. All right. So our guest is here. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Fantastic. For uh, hopefully this is uh, good for Draco since it's. Oh, you've brought your beverage. Okay. So the first time an audience member's ever done that. I, I applaud Just your in courage. case I need it. Just, Just in case, in case it gets a little. It. I need something. You know. Okay. Fantastic. That's how spicy this takes gonna be. All right. And what's your name? My name's Annie, like the champion, but my username is B-O-R-Q, Blade of the Ruin Queen. Fantastic. You know, for simplicity. Great name, great name. Where are you joining us from? I'm from Jersey. I'm born and raised in Jersey. Born and raised in Jersey. Woo, Jersey! But I'm wow, in the city is, often, so. There's a couple people and then just kind of some groans. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, boy, there's a All fight right. that's breaking out. Pizza okay. fight. Yikes. Uh, calm down, crowd. Okay, so what is your take tonight? Um... Mostly about how NA can improve, uh, not only worlds, but just versus other international teams in general. It's not, well, yes, it is a little bit of an infrastructure thing, but it's more than that. Uh, so I'm Chinese American, but I was born and raised here in America. I wanted to kind of talk about my upbringing is a little bit, gave me a, a little bit of insight as to how Chinese teams or you know, in the LPL, how they play and how the culture feeds into how the players practice and you know their, uh, their moods going into the game, how they treat their practice, how they treat their losses. Um, but firstly, I wanted to talk about the, uh, it feels a little bit like the NA mentality, there's no, there's no fire lit under them. And uh, I remember Meteos talking a, a little few years ago about how it felt bad to train academy players because you were training your replacement. Uh, but it should never feel like that. I feel like 
when you are in a position of, you know, when you're the top player of the region, you should do your best to train your replacement because your replacement should, you know, you want a rival, basically. You don't want to be thinking about your paycheck. You don't want to be thinking, can I lose my job over this? You kind of want to lose your job. You kind of want to hope somebody's going to come up and replace you. And that is a little bit how NA can get back. I feel like we aren't putting enough emphasis on also curating new talent. And that also starts with, you know, right at home, our own players. Ever since uh, ranked, you know, teams went away, now we have flex, which a lot of players treat as a joke, to be honest. Um, and there's a lack of, you know, we don't do Riot tournaments anymore. I used to do those personally. And uh, when, when you, you say Riot tournaments, you mean like community tournaments? Yeah, the, like the little sponsored ones, you know, where you could win championship rise all those gotcha. years ago. What about, Cla what about Clash, right? Clash kind of does a little bit for us there, right? Too many Smurfs in Clash. Ah, <laughs> too many Smurfs in Clash. Okay. No, but also the team, you know, when you have, when you and your, when you have to get five people together for Clash, it's not as uh, a driving force as you just calling your friends, hey, let's play ranked fives tonight. And um, so what I'm trying to say is, when your when your region when all the players are doing their best to play ranked fives ranked teams because you know organized play is the highest form of play over solo queue, when your players are doing that in NA you you know the solo queue gets better um, and we wouldn't even have a need for champions queue, but uh, regardless when you, when your players are better your enemies are better which should make you better. So it sounds like we're not doing enough to cultivate rivalry and competition in the space and we're in a, a little healthy too way yeah in a healthy way okay so is that sure. is that north america's biggest issue mark zimmerman biggest issue is always a. Uh, it's tough we got i mean we've got the spinner anybody who wants to go to travisgafford.com spinner can spin the wheel to find out what our biggest issue is at any given point it's, in time you're, you're, you, you haven't spun I've, the wheel? I've never. I will spin the wheel after this. You should, this. yeah. There's a I lot was, of different reasons. I was caught off guard when you had that ready to go. Yeah, yeah. He's, no. he's had it for years, and that's the great it's thing been, about you know, North it's America. It's, years. It's, it's the same spinner year yes. after year. And we add. I need to add some stuff. Maybe this is one of them. But so play, Pros don't play Champs Q is now on yes, there or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Champs Q not being played. Um, okay. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like basically de deciding how big of a wedge of a pie you're arguing about because there's a multiple issues, and it's like, is this the biggest one? Is that the biggest one? Um, for me, the, there are things also you can debate about being under your control or not. So, like, we always talk about population size and ping issues and all those things. But uh, culture is one where, like, I only get to have experienced the one culture of LCS. And so maybe you can speak on LEC in a second here. But um, there does sometimes seem to be a lack of that desire of wanting to be pushed in that way. Um, it's not just Medios who I've heard have a, a similar sentiment of like, I don't want to scrim people who might take my job. That's stupid and I don't want to do that. Whereas like in high school sports, like your varsity team, your JV team interact sometimes, you know, like there's a chance, like when I did wrestling in high school, you had to wrestle for your spot every week. And if you lost, then that other guy went and wrestled varsity and you didn't. And like, I think, that idea is somewhat not enjoyed by, by the LCS pros. And I, I don't know if it's the same in LCK or LCS, uh, or LEC, excuse me, in LPL and whatnot. I think to a certain degree it is. I don't think anyone who feels uncertain in their role or their position or feels that it's really threatened is going to be comfortable with that because I think that 
in my experience, players players really love like winning in the short term, and so the easiest way for them to get that high is winning, you know, domestically in their LCS games week to week, or winning in solo queue. But they don't control the quality of competition present. So as long as they're winning, like if it takes 10% more for them to be 20% more for be better for Worlds, that's like a really hard sell when you're like doing enough to win domestically already. When you're doing enough to win solo queue already, uh, for anyone who's ever played a fighting game, like you're as good as the people that you play with. Same with sports when you're growing up. Like, you might be convinced you're the best in the world in, like, high school or whatever, and then you try to go play college ball, and you're, like, absolute trash. You're super average. And I think it's this, like, big fish in a little pond thing where unless anyone is pushing you to improve, you're not going to get that. And I think you highlighted that super well. But I don't think that that is just a matter of mentality. And I think it's – it would be really hard to put that, I think, on players who are, like, coming in this environment, coming in on these high salaries to just expect, like, hey, you're already grinding X hours a week. You're already winning your lane. But, like – that's not enough for us because we're not performing internationally. I think that's that's where it gets really, really difficult for me to like leverage that because I think that as an individual, I know all these players are sweating to be the best that they can, but when they go into solo queue, and let's say the game quality isn't great, and Champions Queue's obviously done a lot to fix that for, for North America, it's hard to ask them to like, and hard to maintain that like, oh, you need to do more. Like, oh yeah, you solo killed him, but you like missed these three CS. You know what I mean? Or you like you didn't position right here or you could have roamed here. It's really hard to sell those things. Oh no, I'm in a win trader situation. You're <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I guess I'll just not bother playing this solo queue game and, yeah. and you're wasting an hour or whatever. I think it's really tough. Yeah, I think it's it's a difficult thing. I have always been very worried about the like, oh, our players are just not this is not your take, but it leads kind of sometimes to people thinking like, oh, our players are just lazy or they don't work as hard as other regions or whatever. And for me, especially in the early days, I, I was pretty close with a lot of players, and I saw how hard they would grind, and they work way harder than your average person. And so it's, it's difficult for me to look at that and be like, well, they're just not working hard enough. They need to work harder. Um, and I think there's a lot of discussion about smarter versus harder. Uh, on the other hand, sometimes I talk to pro players who are like, yeah, a bunch of the players are lazy. And they just don't play enough. And so it's always really hard for me because I'm like, I don't want to cultivate like a toxic culture around like... You don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, right. even if there are times where it's true. But I think like it was very disheartening when Champions Q came out earlier this year. Everybody's like, oh, golly gee, we finally have a solution. And then no one was playing it by like week four. And I'm just like, why? Why? Please. Like I'm out here trying to, to like believe in you guys on the champion on the, the pro player side and, and then you guys are just not doing champions queue and then there's like a slew of sort of explanations and all that stuff and i don't know i just i, I go back and forth on on it i will say that one other thing that i've seen a lot in eu um and it's not eu specific and i do not think that it's any kind of european culture specific but some of the players that i think are the best at the game are just naturally incredibly curious about league of legends like caps is the most curiosity. absolute the curiosity will take you so far absolute turbo enter and solo queue of all time but it's because he literally wants to test every single stupid interaction in the game he like wants to figure out if he can break it in some weird way mickey x is the same way you should it's part of the reason i think g2 2019 were so successful i've heard lck players say the same with you have to be curious yeah because i think that like ultimately if your only job is to play the same bot lane matchup the same way 10 times a day in scrims like that is really exhausting if you go into solo queue trying to practice the same thing. Like, I can see how, how that really, really wears on you, but I don't know how you cultivate that curiosity, but I do think that from what I've seen in LEC for a lot of these players, the players who are the, the most curious usually, in my experience, perform way, way better. That said, Mickey X ints and Caps ints. So, oh, maybe flip, but I mostly believe it. <laughs> I'm really curious if I can win another 1v1 here. 
I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, I used to be a debate coach, so I would, uh, and I started its own little small mentoring program for JV team, and I only bring this up because it helped me realize that you know, the people coming under you should never be your competition. You need to have that curiosity of having, you know, creating a team. And if you had, you know, put into work to create a pro who did surpass you, you should take pride in that. That shouldn't be something you feel bad about. One thing is that pros do feel bad, and I, I don't blame them for this, because at the end of the day, you got to put food on the table. In my opinion, pros there's too much money in, in the scene. Maybe that's, maybe that's truly the hot take. No, um, no, no. Do you, okay, question for the audience. <laughs> Are LCS pro players paid too much money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of mix, okay, so we got some loud yeses over here, some no's over here. It's such a weird, it's such a challenging thing to answer. Twitch chat's coming up with a lot of yeses. Yeah. It's such a. No it's one such, asked you Twitch chat. It's you such a hard audience. thing to answer because these pro players are sacrificing so much, and people don't realize it. You know, you go watch players. Uh, Misha, maybe still here in the audience somewhere. Like, there's there's a really great rep, uh, sh you know, sort of showing of what sometimes relationships, friendships, personal development, etc. And and I feel like for how much they sacrifice, they should be compensated a lot. On the other hand, I do sometimes worry that. They now have, like, in the beginning, pro players were so willing to do so much content and stream and build their brands because they realized that that was a great way to, like, supplement the income. And I don't really see that hunger as much from them anymore. So, well, again, another situation that's a struggle. The, the only, the final thing I'll say about this, too, is, like, exactly what is uh, a fair expectation of pros will vary a lot depending on who you ask because I think a lot of people insert their own current experience into it and there's a lot of people who suffer from tech crunch and that's really unhealthy and really unfair and they see pros putting up s maybe similar numbers to them and go yeah of course like work-life balance is important but then you also see Korean players and Chinese players whose whole life is League of Legends and that's it and they will do literally every waking moment playing League. Like when I worked with Piglet, I shit you not, like he would be 20 hours a day not sleeping enough. It wasn't good, I'm not defending it, but I'm saying like that's the mentality some of them have. And I think people expect that. And there's like people who want to see our pros put in the effort that they know the other ecosystems are putting in. And then when you go to Worlds and you're going up against these people, it's like, well, one of you over the course of a year put in a couple thousand more hours. And I feel like that, annoys people when pros say like, well, I do want to win worlds, but where's that line for each person? One very, very important point on the money thing that a lot of people don't think about that I just remembered. Part of the, I used to lobby for pro players to make more money and it was because you had a lot of team owners who were making millions and millions of dollars off increased valuations on their teams that was being driven by pro players doing content and competing and winning and et cetera. And a lot of that money was not being passed on to the pro players who were like driving the value for their businesses. So I'm always going to be very conscientious of that part because for a long time, like there, there are many people, not many, there is a group of people in North American esports, especially who became millionaires over the course of a couple of years. And a lot of that was because of the work that the pros were putting in and that money was not being passed on to them. So that is one thing to consider whenever we talk about how much pro players are making. Now it's kind of gotten weird because you have a lot of businesses that are just losing a lot of money and now it's kind of tipped the other direction but just something to always think about in terms of how we got here.
I know we're winding down, but you had something you wanted to add, I think. Um, I just wanted to continue talking, because the original point was about how my Chinese-American upbringing kind of um, led me to come to this take. Um, when I see uh, the odd, like fans cheer for LPL teams, the, you know, you'll see like buildings will shake with how uh, enthusiastic they are about their teams. I've never seen that for an NA team. I've seen people go crazy, you know. I've seen people do, you know, very fanatical things for the team. But when it when it comes to the bandwagon culture, you know, when how popular league is in China versus how it is in America, when you when people talk about oh you play video games, league is not a game that comes up often. Yes, people have heard of it, but a lot of people, you know, go to shooters, go to this and that. So when I talk about culture, also is a little bit of that. And you can bring that up from the grassroots by motivating the very players in NA to do better, you know, give them the infrastructure like Flex 5 ranks, you know, tournaments, things like that. And also maybe a little clearer a path to pro, not to not to sell them a dream, but <laughs> I think but you should give, you know, that's the way, to, you mentioned the curiosity, that's the way to get your players to have that curiosity. They're paid to the point where they no longer need to have the curiosity, which is, you know, it's fine, we can argue about whether or not they're paid too much, but regardless is that the curiosity, the curiosity is not there, and, you know, how do we get that back? Yeah. Think, uh, Dracos, if you want to close us out on this thought. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that a lot of, a lot of the issues that you're talking about and, and that specific facet of the culture, a lot of that stems from like your, you know, your active player base and trying to bring in more players because if you want to run a million different queues, you need players in all those queues. Nobody wants to wait 30, 40 minutes for a match. And not that that would be the case. That's obviously a bit dramatic. But I think that kind of, to me, is often can be looked at as one of the most important things is bringing in a new generation of league players. Because it's not like you can ask like, well, I'm almost 30. I've been playing this game forever. It's not like I can load up into solo queue and be like, all right, guys, I'm going to sweat today for the future of North America. You know what I mean? Like, I'm dying to Darius level two. Like, that's not a significant factor. But, you know, like a new younger generation of talent who has hands and has read Darius's kid at least once in their life and won't die to him level two, maybe they can be the difference maker. And I think that it's, it's a lot of things. You talked about a lot of factors, but when I look at it, it's like the huge player base that the LPL has is so key in building that. Because the more players you have, the better the top of your ladder is, the more you can do when it comes to smaller scale tournaments. And you see this to a certain degree in Europe as well, where we have so many of these regional leagues. And NA has it too in the form of collegiate and in the form of champions queue. But the more, the more players that you have, the more active players you have, the more players that you can bring in to play this game, the easier it is to accomplish all the things that you're talking about. Thank you so much for joining us. Anything Thanks you so want to shout out? Me. Um, yeah, so speaking of Champions Queue, I was thinking of running my own little Champions Queue for you, all you average players out there. Um, so if this sounds interesting to you, I'm going to run a Discord, so add me on uh, four seconds, spelled F-O-U-R-S-E-K-K-O-N-D-S, hashtag 4444. That's my Discord. Um, if you guys are interested, maybe if we get enough players, we can do that thing I'm, I was talking about. Start it from the grassroots. She's launching a business on our show. That is what no. I realized. Yes. <laughs> Is your business a fan of Chipotle and or Grubhub by any chance? Of course, of That's course. good. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks again. Yeah. Be careful as you exit. We're also going to say goodbye now to Dracos. Uh, I know, I know. One guy said no. Anything you want to shout out? Um, you can sit while you say this. Damn, I'm ill-prepared. Any, anything D at all? Diveforia that you just shout out Diveforia. Just recorded that. Yeah. Shout out Rogue. Cheer for them, even if you're as skeptical as I am. They deserve it. They have worked so hard to get here. 
Um, and as Mark said earlier, don't slide into players' DMs and also just tell them that they're dope. Leave them alone. They work leave, a lot. Leave players alone. All right, thank you so much. All right, who's next? Uh, speaking of Rogue, it is now time to bring Lore to the stage. Thank you, Lore, for joining us. I just want to mention again, the bar is available for you to purchase beverages at, and doing so helps make this event cheaper for us. Uh, so please feel free to drink responsibly and purchase beverages. All right, Laura's here. Hi. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. How has, how's New York been for you? New York? Yes, New York. Amazing, amazing. The, the last time I was here, I was 13 years old, so it's actually nice to enjoy the place as an adult. And yeah, have League of Legends again with an audience, honestly, it feels amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's been really cool to see all the fans uh, come out, not only tonight, but for our other shows and also in the venue, especially after it's been, it's, it's, it's good to see. It's been so long, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, first World's back in a, in a long time with, with an audience. Uh, anything that you've done in New York that you've really enjoyed? Well, today we went to the, uh, the summit, which is one, one of the highest towers in New York. Like, we, with view on the Empire State Building and everything, it was great. I was with Zab and Vitio, actually, we were just here. But yeah, I haven't, I didn't get so much time to go sightseeing yet, just because of esports and the schedule we have. But hopefully in the next days, because it's going to be best of five now, and sometimes it can end in three games. Hopefully not tomorrow, though. But yeah, it's going to give me more time hopefully to go what, Why out. not hopefully tomorrow? Rogue could just 3-0 stop no, I mean, JDG, right? Call it copium denial or anything, but I'm, I, I keep on believing in this team just because people count them out all the time, and this is when they thrive. And we can talk about games and matchups also if you want, but I, I, think, I think they can do something. I think okay. they can do something. We'll see. And you, you never know. Like, it depends on how they wake up on that day. Some teams are underperforming, and we know that, yeah, World is all about that and preparation and how you do during the, the few days that you have to get ready. So I, I don't know. I, I keep on believing, and I have to. You, you say you keep fan. believing. I, I haven't checked. When you were doing predictions in the LEC, did you predict them to win finals? Yeah, for uh, sure. No, no, I didn't I actually. <laughs> no, I didn't actually, just because, I mean, you, you, you can't bet against G2, realistically, just because of how creative they can be and how I thought that they were doing better as a team. But Rogue surprised me so much that day that I was like, okay, I'm going to start believing now. Like. They can make it happen. Yeah. It, it's funny because they were always like the doubted team yeah. in, in Europe because they kept losing finals. Speaking of G2, Laura, are you down for us to take Yankos this offseason? Can we have them? Oh, you don't. Can you just stop stealing our players? I'm just done with I, I think, look, LCS, we've been struggling viewership-wise. We could really use Yankos. He would really help us out. We, we mean, returned them, too. You, we you, gave you say back. that. You say that, and then you stole Hansama. I didn't do well for you guys, either. So just, yeah. Stop He's probably coming back. Just yeah, like yeah. Perks. Perks. Listen, we take him for a year. Yeah. yeah, that's the point. Nowadays, like we just take your players for a year. We return them not as good, normally, but... Damaged goods. <laughs> if it's just going to be a loan, and then you bring them back later, then I'm fine. Okay. All right, all right. All right, so uh, is it time for us to get our next audience member, Mark? Yes, I will try and find... What should I be looking for? I don't know, ro a rogue positive take? Another rogue positive or take? An, or, wow. or a rogue negative take. Let's get a, let's get a hater on to argue with you because uh, yeah, you're such a I'm believer. Yeah, I'm ready to fight. Drinkers was negative and would just agree with them. You're positive so you can fight. So if there's anyone who hates Europe who wants to come on, put your hands up. I'll be looking. We've got a Europe hater over there. Great. Mark, Mark <laughs> is going to go find somebody while I hang out with Laura on stage. 
Uh, how have you been enjoying the event tonight so far? Honestly, it's great. So good to be able to catch up with so many people, meet new people as well. So uh, honestly, thank you for hosting yeah. the uh, the event and and the place looks great. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. No, it's been uh, it's a really really cool venue. It kind of reminds me. Uh, every time I have gone to Paris, there's been like really cool French esports events and community stuff, and uh, and I've always kind of been envious that I feel like a lot of areas in Europe just have really great grassroots communities, and like we have some good ones too, but it's not yeah. it's not always the same, you know. Wait, so I, I'm curious though because I, I've seen you in France so often through so many events. Which which one was your favorite? I'm turning into the interviewer. Here, Honestly, I, I think the Paris All Stars in like 2014. 2014. Yes. Yeah, it was great. That was such a fun one because it was also kind of like the beginning, and it was right whenever a lot of these things were happening. And All Stars used to be. There's no more All Stars anymore, but <laughs> I, early All Stars were really really fun. Because you would just get these like crazy Frankenstein teams where everybody would be squished together, and you get like these weird teams you would never expect, and it it was really fun. And I just think that was the first time I got exposed to the French crowd yeah. and how crazy the French crowd can be. So uh, yes, it's been it's been really cool uh, going to those. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been really fun. Are you surprised at all that uh, G2? And uh, Fnatic, unfortunately, not making it into quarterfinals. Was that a surprise for you? Okay, for G2, I'm not really surprised because to me, okay, the team started high and they made it to MSI and I feel like they collapsed at MSI and they didn't really recover back after that. And then teams improved, but they really didn't throughout summer. So for me, them falling short and not qualifying to quarterfinals was not really a surprise because you, I mean, they reached their limits of what they could do as a roster, and especially when, you com when it comes to the meta and how it was difficult for them to go around the meta and the kind of champions you could play. I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Fnatic, same thing in a way, because it I mean, we expected so much from them. Coming as one of the super teams, coming on as one of the most expected, one of the most strongest teams in the LEC, when I watched them play throughout the year, um, it, was, it was weird because you never felt that all the five players were connected at the same time, if that makes sense. And you wouldn't see like a real identity out of these players. So you never know what, it, you never know what to expect when it comes to Fnatic and the way it ended is sad, of course, but not surprising. Yeah. 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 Well, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, what's your name? My name's Colton. Um, my lead tag is NFE space Sire, S-I-O-R, it's my last name. I play for an org, Never Forgotten Esports. So. Nice. Okay, and uh, whereabouts are you joining us from tonight? Uh, I'm from Washington State. Washington State. Yeah. There we All go. the way across small, country, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. One person over there has been taking the drinks at the bar. That's been great. Okay. Uh, what a great shirt, by the way. Very much Thank a throwback. You. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Uh, how long have you owned that shirt? Um, I bought it for this exact moment actually but i was really hoping that he was going to be here this weekend because yeah. this is like the one weekend i could make it to but i couldn't make it last time you had the show so yeah he's very ephemeral uh, anyway yeah. what's your take tonight uh, my take is that rogue is the second worst team in quarterfinals oh okay so you're not even <laughs> okay who's the last one though <laughs> last draco's this is this is really this is really funny that's right. Draco's that's right. Take take those. Those. It's not the worst. Draco really likes that take. Okay. This is really funny because I think the worst team is actually the team that Rogue came out of groups with, DRX. DRX, yeah, I agree. I think I DRX agree. is really shaky. Like, 
I think one LCK fan does not like you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think no, it's Atlas. If, if they could meet DRX in quarterfinals, I think it would have been a really good matchup for Rogue. But I okay. also think JDG is not not the worst. No, I, I actually think Rogue has a pretty decent chance, just like how crafty they are. And like you said, like they're an underdog team that have always like been good in the underdog. But I also think they're the worst EU team to show up. I was about to say, don't don't start agreeing like, yeah, with her. Know, You're I supposed know. to battle her. Why why are they the second worst? What are they terrible at? Tell me all the horrible things about Rogue. They're I they're really inconsistent, but they're more consistent than DRX. That's like you you talk about monitoring all the time as like a Feaster Famine player, and trust me, I'm a double if fan. A Feaster Famine player. Uh, he's really consistent, but when he's good, he's really good. Same with Maorang. And uh, I think Rogue can like struggle a lot with Oruame being a weak side top into uh, 369, just like can completely shut down Maorang on not even in his lane, which I think is something that Rogue needs to be really careful of. Um, but uh, I do think they like definitely have a chance. I, I really think the series will go, uh, Rogue will go down 0-2 because DRX will get him out of the gate, and then we can see either a reverse sweep or they'll lose in four. Oh, you, you, you mean JDG? Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay, so, Lore, do you want to fist fight our guest, or? <laughs> he was, I mean, he, you were nice enough, so I'm uh, uh, sugar coated it for you. But uh, as much as I agree on that, I don't, I don't expect the scoreline to go this way in the sense that I expect JDG to pick red side, which is a really good thing for Rogue because they want to bet on blue side. And if they win the first one, they can also win the second one. And this is when they have an edge. And then maybe JDG starts coming back because we saw the difficulties for Rogue drafting on red side, especially with the Aatrox and picks like this. And the fact that you have to bounce like two champions absolutely on the first betting phase when you draft red side. Um, when, it's, when it comes to JDG, I think that they're not the best laning early game team, which is where I think Rogue has an advantage on that. You say Odo Amne is like captain the kind of champions he can play. I agree on that, but he also is never going to lose a lane playing the kind of champions he can play. And when I think about Kanavi versus Malwang uh, ma matchup, you have a farming jungler versus the most LPL LEC jungler you can find in the right. likes of Malwang. And I right. think he's going to just invade his jungle. Kanavi is not going to have a jungle when it comes to Malwang, and hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mid lane matchup now, I think Yago might be one of the best matchups you can fight from Fort Larson because I used to describe Yago as the Chinese Larson in the kind of champions he can play in the way he can play the game. And then you have the best, I mean, what is supposed to be the best point for Rogue, which is the bot lane. And they've been doing so well on early game champs and early games, um, uh, early games matchups. And if they show up, this is where they can make a difference. Right. I'm done. <laughs> Mic drop. Okay. Am I allowed to counterpoint that? Yeah, Copium, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you guys just uh, run the okay, show. Okay, Travis, so they're going to get another round of drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my take. Oruwamne yeah. doesn't lose lane, but that means he's stalling a lane. So against a hyper-aggressive top laner, you're giving your topside jungle. Like, you're allowing... Like you're allowing things to be shoved in, and if the mid lane matchup takes it where Larson has to be on the back foot for even half of his laning phase, they like Marang's gonna lose more than he's gonna be able to gain unless he's like shoving it down their throat spot, right? Which is obviously like 
opposite side map, but that's not necessarily what EU's known for. That's what LPL's known for. They're known to play both sides of the map and transition their leads out and things like that. And so I think Rogue is like, the reason they're really good in EU is because they play a different style of play. And I think they're playing right into LPL's hands, which is where I like, I really worry about them. And I, I think that um, Kanavi's gonna know exactly what Maorang's gonna do because he might seem really erratic in EU, but he fits right into what like Kanavi's used to. And uh, I also think like ADC's in a great state, that's what I play, and I do think Rogue has a great chance to play through bot lane. Uh, but they have to be really, really careful about what comes out of the top side, like 369's gonna be a force. Uh, I guess as the totally neutral party to chime in here, uh, I, I do like to point about top lane a little bit because I think Zayu showed GP as something that I would expect 369 to pick up as well. It wasn't really seen much this tournament, but if people are going to be slamming blind tanks, like one, you can play the Fioras, you can play Camille's, the actual counterpicks, but you can also just go even in scaling in a winning matchup yeah. with your alt to affect bot lane. So... Um, I feel like one of their strategies is going to get boomed about like wanting blue side for Rogue, wanting red side for, for JDG, and like Someone's gonna get screwed over game one, <laughs> and like uh, we'll see if they stick to that side. But I, I, I'm giving going JDG. <laughs> All right. Well, the battle has been done. I guess we'll see how things go tomorrow. Yep. Uh, but is there anything you want to shout out? Uh, just my idol who got me into league. Obviously, wearing the shirt, double lift. Thank Sh you very much. Shout for out everything. to double lift. Yes. Thank you. If Dad's watching. Yes. Someone can clip this and send it as well. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, hope hope to catch you again in the future. All right, Mark, what else you got for us in the audience? Uh, I have one more take, and I, I feel bad because I'm like picking on lore with all like the negative EU takes since that we had Draco's fine. already. She's okay. here to defend as them, yes. You, you did a great that time. Yes. Now, honestly, coming to this world, we didn't have much hopes to begin with. Yes. <laughs> well, that's MC, us too. So. That is yeah. us. Having uh, one team at least performing well is, yeah, the, the best I could hope for. Yes. How do you feel, because we were talking about this with Draco's earlier, how do you feel about us co-opting Europe as the West? You know, whenever NA fans are like, oh, it's the West. No, I'm fine with that. I mean, we need to unite against the East anyway because they're so strong. And if there's no, yeah, like, unity between all of us, then I guess, yeah, it's just doom. I wish I could cheer more for the LCS teams, but you know. Yes. <laughs> we also wish we could cheer more for the LCS teams. It's uh, a problem. EG performed so well, though. Yeah, I have yeah, to no, say. EG was yeah. great, yeah. Uh, especially given the tough situation that they were in for coming into Worlds. So I was very happy with that. Mark's still out there somewhere finding people, exploring the world. Oh, he's found somebody. Okay, we have somebody on, on their way right now. There's a G2 mask in the front row. I just noticed I this. It. That's super cool. I, don't, I, I think that's the first time I've seen one of those in North America. Uh, they're hard to find here. All right, Mark returning to the stage with our guest. Uh, joining us here in just a second. Every time you reach down to protect your drink from me, like, kicking it, I think. Yes. And every time it just results in you getting in the way. I'm not going to kick your drink. I'm nervous. Stop. Okay. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm What's Charles. your name? My name is Charles. Oh, Charles. Where are you joining us from? Um, I'm from New York, actually. New York. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've learned. You just have to say the name of the city you're in, and it gets a big reaction. Again, New York. <laughs> there we go. Okay, Charles, what's your take? Uh, my take is that Rogue fluked into the quarterfinals. Rogue fluked into the quarterfinals. Yes. Okay. For a couple of reasons. I'm looking for Drake. I'm looking at Dracos's face. Oh, he doesn't like this take. Okay, okay. He was okay with the second worst, but not okay with fluked. Okay. 
Why do you think they fluked into quarterfinals? Well, a couple of reasons, and I think the first one uh, that comes to mind is that there was the TES bug, and that ah. had TES won that game, you know, they would have won everything and, and maybe knocked Rogue out. Because I think, uh, contrary to what we were talking about before, DRX is the better team compared to Rogue. So it's a bug, um, you might say, that uh, Rogue is in they, quarterfinals. They bugged their way into finals. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, and then you were saying beyond that, or is, it, is that the main thing? So beyond that, I think there is something about Western teams um, that will forever make them secondary to Eastern teams. And that being that the work ethic, the amount of time that you grind into league, um, even if the meta changes, you fire off like neural pathways and you just become habituated into situations where you can quickly adapt to a changing meta. But if you just don't get in those reps, then if the meta changes, then you'll fall behind because you just don't have that practice in. Um, I think Rogue fluked in because they found a good strategy with Maokai. I think Maokai is a great equalizer of teams just because it covers a lot of weaknesses uh, that otherwise uh, Eastern teams can exploit. And because of that really strong week one, they, un unfortunately, TS, which is one of my favorite teams, was not able to make it out. Very good. Okay. So, Mark, we started with Lore last time. I know you were distracted by Twitch chat. No, I was, did, I was, did Rogue fluke in because of a bug? Uh, I mean, technically, you can't prove that. Because even if they did get in immediately with a bug, they still would have played a tiebreaker. I checked the uh, average game time. They were the slowest, second slowest team for average win time. Um, so they would have had to play in the tiebreaker to then get in, and then one team auto qualifies, uh, which I think would have been against DRX, actually. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure like it's actually pretty possible that they beat DRX based off the previous conversation, where DRX is actually the weakest team. Even though they, 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 I mean, they beat Rogue in the tiebreaker anyways, but, you know, let's, let's glance over that one real quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, it's, it's possible, but I, I think the bug was obviously pretty, pretty big. The thing that I wonder is how many bugs happen that we don't catch? Because pro players are the ones who are supposed to pause and, like, go and do something. But there's so many times where there's, like, little things that don't quite look right. And you just go like, eh, anyway's gonna keep casting, <laughs> you know. And like, I, I wonder how many times games have had like team fights that go the wrong way or, or something where a, a bug goes through, and you know, like if it's not literally game breaking, it, it can actually be kind of hard to pick up of just like damage numbers not calculating correctly or something. So, it was very noticeable in this instance, and absolutely sucks for TES. But like, I don't know. Did you see the Reddit thread that explained the the mechanics behind the TES bug? In terms of why the shield doesn't. Yeah. Like goes on cooldown but doesn't show up? No, I, I didn't see it. So the reason is actually because um, somebody on Reddit was testing this out. If you have boots and somebody else has Shadow Flame and they cast Carthasar, then your Ma Mamordius shield doesn't pop, which is just like a prime display of spaghetti code. Spaghetti! <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for spaghetti in the audience. Uh, <laughs> I'm like trying to sometimes, so I, I used to program and like sometimes you can kind of understand why logic gets a little screwy i don't get that one at all i have no idea i think at some point you'll have like some situation where if you buy coal at 17 minutes in the game and something crazy happens you know a nami will spawn and, and one shot the nexus or something <laughs> so like i think eventually things will just go crazy but um 
maybe another hot take, maybe not. Um, I do think League of Legends is long due for a full revamp of just the code. Yeah. League of Legends 2! That's a different topic. It's as good as Overwatch 2. Travis, how do you feel? You know, this is not an analytical point. You can just speak with your heart here. Don't you, okay, think, no, no, here, don't you think it's bullshit yeah. that Rogue is no, in no. quarterfinals right now? Here's what I will say. There's, there's a, people can go back and find this video. A couple of years ago, I did, there was like a, a year where, and this could be every year, I guess, but there was a year where there were like a ton of pauses in League and a ton of like bugs and like a, maybe even like a very notable remake. Again, this could be every year. Uh, but that's to my point. And I did this video that was like, why is it like, like the audience should demand a higher quality version of the game from Riot. Like there should be just less bugs and more attention to this stuff. And universally, after I released this video, I was like, this is a slam dunk, right? Like all you gotta do is be like Riot bad. And then like people upvote that on Reddit. It's like really easy. This is like one of the weird times where a bunch of people came out and they're like, Software is hard, Travis. Bugs are always going to exist. Yeah. So why do you have this take? Um, and I think part of the reason I had that take is because I've got a lot of friends that play Dota where there's considerably less like pauses and remakes and issues. And I also just feel like, you know, for a game that prides itself on being the like, next generation of sports, like there should be less of these kind of embarrassing moments where we're all waiting around for 20 minutes to just investigate a chrono break and like Mark and another caster are sitting on stream being like, oh yeah, haha, this one time I did this one thing and this way and everybody's just like, oh my God. Anyway. People love those stories. No, How dare you? You, yeah. you do that on the English broadcast, on the French broadcast, usually when there's a pause or something like this, we go back to the analyst desk and we build a dog house. You oh, build a dog house? And it's this, actually yeah. really fun. Yeah, I, I think I, you got it. Yeah, I want to copy what you guys do and have like a um, like a puzzle. But and this we just collectively solve a puzzle. This is where we've gotten where we now have to come up with like random Theater things contents. to do during pause remake downtime. And so anyway, I was just really surprised by that because I do think like especially going into worlds, I I personally feel like there should be a decent amount of stability. Like I know they lock the patch or whatever, but why not have like a couple patches that are just like just bug fix patches or something. You know, like, again, I'm not a game designer. I know, like, software is hard. But, like, I do think we should demand a bit more uh, stability in the, the game client from Riot. And I know this stuff is tough, but, like, don't develop for a little bit and just fix. Uh, I think that that would be really good. So that's kind of my you take on this. You hear that, artists? Stop working on your goddamn no, concept I'm not, art. Like, on Yumi's and Viego's and stuff I like am this not and saying just like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying make less skins or something like that. I'm just saying like instead of... I hate this new soundtrack you guys worked on. Why didn't you fix the bugs? See, and this is what I'm talking about. This is why it's so hard to have this take because people come out and they're like, there are ways other companies have solved these issues and have more stable games. Like... It's not the, the end of the world. I love League of Legends. I love what Riot's been able to make. I under, I think part of the fact that the game evolves so much over time and is constantly getting patched, like, I think that adds a lot to the game. I just think like when Worlds comes around, spend a little more time making sure that you don't have bugs that like call into question the results of a match. You know, like that's not that bad, especially if your if your like solution is that you know Yamato Cannon's tweet about like, well, it's on the players to catch it, and like sometimes these bugs are not really perceptible in the moment so that's kind of uh, my take i was gonna ask lore as a as a rogue fan are you just like we take those or what was when you when you <laughs> saw that were you just like we dodged a bullet you know like how'd you feel i really don't because i talked to the players obviously because i 
I know them and I see them every week in the studio, so obviously I relate to what they're feeling. And obviously it didn't feel good for them, like winning like this and like getting away with it like this. And this is why if the bug didn't occur and if they didn't auto-qualify from that game, I don't think Trimby picks Nazos <laughs> in the game afterwards, like honestly. And I think that they would have, could have gone much different and they would actually have played differently because their mm. life was like on the line and they were just like, I'm not saying that they took it easy, I'm just saying that may, they may have taken a different approach if the day had got different. So they don't feel good about this, we don't feel good about this either, but I don't think, I think it could have qualified either way. Just yeah. playing differently. I think um, with TES, they're one of those teams where the eliminated version of TES performs far better than the can still qualify for quarterfinals yeah. CES. The pressure, yeah, it's one of those things too where you never know, like like Laura's saying, they don't pick Nasus, they play a more serious comp. Yeah. TS is like still like, oh my Trimby God, we need to win this next game. Yeah. He thought it was a good pick. I mean, he did go he on Twitter. He thought it was a good pick? Yeah, he went on Twitter and he was like, how come you guys... Oh, Trimby, yeah. Because what, what was the pick he did in week one that he was, uh, everyone uh, was applauding? Rakan. I yeah, think. I think it was Rakan. Yeah, People were like, but it was a good pick actually into this composition. Soraka. Soraka, yeah. Oh, it was Soraka. Still, good option. Especially with the, it was with Kalista, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, I mean, back in the LEC finals, he used to play Kalista like super aggro, just jumping, bet on the knockup, just drop in silence, and that's how he plays the champion. So for me, it was not troll pick as much as Nasus was into this whole composition. But yeah. By the way, speaking of Nasus, uh, Ashley King is in the audience. <laughs> and uh, yeah, shout out go. to Ashley King. She's not noticing this at all. I've heard she doesn't like Nasus, and I've missed this. Uh, no, but you don't I, I was talking to Ashley just before this, actually, and I know she's an OTP Nasus, and I'm an OTP Zyra, and I'm like, don't you hate it when pro players pick our champions and they just run it down because mm. it's like, it doesn't bring any value to Oh, it was Nasus support. She hates Nasus support. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Okay, yes. Well, regardless, pouring one out for Ashley King tonight. Okay. See, I like when they run it down on my champ because that means it's safe. Whenever they, whenever they crush a game with your champ, that's when you it, yeah, get worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's not going to become like super OP in solo queue. You just can't get away with it. Yeah, yeah. It. Either way, thank you so much for joining us. Anything you want to shout out? Um, I hope JDG goes 3 0 this weekend. Oh, JDG. Okay, now she's going to fight. All right, thank you so much. You should get off, get the, get stage off the stage. Get him off the stage. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your take. And I think it's also time to say goodbye to Laura as well. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. Anything you want to say to anybody? Great. I, I had one other question oh, from sure. the audience. I didn't know if we'd have time for it to pull him up. But it, he was asking, sorry, I forget your name, about what would you be asking pro players about if not the game? He said something like you, you were mentioning that after the games, you just obviously have to talk about what just happened, but you had other things that you normally would want to? Not always, honestly. Like, I mean, <laughs> we're getting in a deep subject here, but I don't oh, always okay. ask about... I don't always ask about the game. Sometimes the story around the player and like the specific matchup is going to be more interesting. So I just disregard the game. So it's rather, I mean, I I want to try and create unique interviews every time with every player and like doesn't make it sound like it's going to be generic questions and everything. So I will just I don't know think about whether the game is more interesting or the story for the player is more interesting and that's how I try and do it at least. I got gotcha. you. Thank you. Well, either anything you want to say to anybody as we say goodbye that New York is really amazing and that this in is really cool and 
I'm glad that the first time we have a League of Legends World Championship with, audience, with an audience is actually in this city because I really love New York and I enjoy all my time here. So thank you. Very and thank you, Very Travis. Thank, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. All right. It is time for us to close out the show with our last guest of the evening. It is Atlas joining us. Welcome, Atlas, to the stage. He's going to wander over. LCK domination of the group stage. Bring up the final boss. Yes. LCK play-by-play. -play. Yes. And we are looking, I think, for our next take. Start thinking about it. We're looking for some hot takes to close out the evening. LCK or LPL, which is the better or, region? Or stuff LCS. Like that. Here's the thing. We have in audience several members of the global Riot Games League of Legends esports team. So we should have global topics. Yeah, global, global topics, global topics. If anybody has any thoughts about the rumored LCS schedule, I'm sure they'd love to sweat awkwardly in the audience during this time. Yeah, me uh, too. Yes, yes. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, any fun takes to close out the show. But Atlas is here. Atlas, welcome Hi. to the show. Uh, thank you. It's uh, really great to be here. I'm uh, glad to be back on TGI Genshin. Um, I was going to say, surprise, for having this is me. Resin Refresh now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Covering Genshin Impact. No. Uh, Atlas, every time you come on the show, I feel like you're always just surprised to be here. That's it. You're like, hello? Yes, it's great to be here. You're in a state of shock. Well, I, I live in Korea, so honestly, being not in Korea surprises me most yeah, of the that's, time. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, how are things? We've been talking a lot about how things have been going for, or not going, for the North West. America. Yeah, the West. You're wearing a T1 hoodie right now. How are you feeling about this Worlds? I'm feeling great. Um, we, got, uh, we got four teams out of groups again. I'm hoping it's enough for people to realize that we're the best region in the world. And um, Yeah, where's your world Well, yeah, no, but like we do a lot. And when it comes, like, I, I don't concede the fact that the LPL often has the best team, but we have the best region. Aww. You know? I, was, I thought you were going to go for, like, the how many of their teams still use Korean pro players. You know, yeah, that's, that's the angle. easy. I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit that's there, the Mark. One, I'm yeah. not that guy. Okay, I would never guy. be that guy. Um, how do how you feel about, so you mentioned the four teams getting out. I, I didn't see all your pre-tournament analysis. Were you one of the DRX haters? Because a lot of people were like, oh, they're not going to be good. I've, some people said Zeko was not good and uh, at laning and whatnot, and he's, he's been doing well. Like, how have you felt about, um, like, is this, you talk about being the best region, so does that mean you expected four teams out? Um, well, no, uh, I definitely didn't. I think now at this stage, I'm feeling very confident saying that, because, like, uh, DRX were a team that finished sixth in the LCK. I kind of thought that they sort of fluked their way in using the deft regional buff. He just tends to get through. He was with, you know, good old Morgan inting his way to, to the that world was, championship. That was the saddest world's appearance. I know. It was, it was sad, but it also brought out a lot of Giga Chads in our Twitch chat uh, throughout the entire year, which was really, really nice to see. Um, I hope that there's some bro fans that are at least watching from somewhere. Hey, there there's we go. There's some in person, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I kind of thought that DRX were going to crash and burn. Uh, because they weren't necessarily a team that we were expecting a lot out of. And then I started believing, and then they started losing um, in that first week. They lost to Rogue, and I was like, oh, God, okay, well, now I need to go back to expecting not very much from DRX. And now that I've done that, they've done a lot of winning. So I'm just going to continue betting against them and watching them uh, get further and further. Very good. Well, I think it's time to grow grab some audience members to have, I don't know, any number of different takes. All right. Are you we'll off, find Mark? Some. Yeah, yes. we'll, we'll Please, hot takes only, folks. That's what we're looking for right now. Alice, how have you been enjoying New York? 
Um, I've been I've been really liking it. Uh, I've not been able to spend as much time actually outside of like the Times Square area uh, yes. that I would have liked to. Um, however, I haven't let that deter me from enjoying my time in the city. Well, th I think all these people would tell you not to be in Times Square. Yeah, that's what I've got from everyone. They're like, yes. oh, you're in Times Square. D d just please don't hate it that much. Um, and I, I've actually thought it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, I think uh, I really like New York. It's been so good to be back after so long. I think the last time I was here was like 2017. Um, and then it just it was difficult to uh, make it out for a couple of years and then stop, was unable to make it out for a couple of years. So uh, it, is, it is really good to be back. Uh, how long are you on the road for? Are you able to reveal that? I never know if Riot's talent assignments are like secretive or not. Um, I don't know whether I'm allowed to reveal it. Okay. Um, well, there are some comms people in the audience, so they'll they'll tackle you yeah, if you if start to reveal it. Yeah, if someone could yell out and let me know whether it's cool for me to say. Um, oh, oh, yes, we're we're saying we're hearing yes. I believe is that what that is? I don't know. You're you're here at huh? Worlds. Yeah. Yes. And we don't know how long, but you will at some point <laughs> yeah. in time leave. Yes. I will be commentating next week at some point. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, there we go. And, we, and, we, and you can't disclose which match you'll be commentating. No, but it will be extraordinarily hype. Oh, and great. Do you know what I am? I am actually, I'm going to give something away. I don't know whether this is allowed, but I'm finally going to be casting with Azale. And Isaac and I have been waiting for this moment the entire time uh, during World. So I'm That's very awesome. excited to I'm finally really have my yeah. time. Round of applause for Azale. Azale. For Azale. I invited him. He did not reply. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, I know. It's rough. It's rough. All right. Anyway, we have our next audience member here in an evil genius's jersey. With the purple Crocs. With the oh, purple, purple Crocs. Crocs, purple as well. Crocs. Yeah. Jojo Pune cosplay. Oh, my God. Uh, so that's not my take, though. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your, your my, name? I have an LCK take. But what's your name? Oh. Uh, my name is Mike. Mike. I am from St. Louis. St. I live Louis. in Arkansas now, but I'm from St. Louis. Well, welcome to the show. Um, uh, what is LC your take tonight? My LCK take is DRX is going to make finals. DRX is making finals. That's making a beautiful finals. take. All right. We just heard that they were the worst uh, team, so I think it might be time, if production is ready, for us to award you the Chipotle hot take of the night. Congratulations. <laughs> You just da dabbed about receiving that. I love Chipotle, so I am very happy. Congratulations. Well, you win a uh, free entree. And so after, the, after you get off the stage, go to our merch table, and we'll get you hooked up. But Will do. Fantastic. So uh, why is DRX, what, remind us, is DRX, they're making finals or they're winning? They're making finals. They're making finals. I, Are I they going to win? I'm wishy-washy on win. Okay. 50-50. So they're going to make finals, and then there's a 50-50 chance because there's two because teams think, in finals. I think it's going to be T1 <laughs> DRX. <laughs> there's always a 50-50. Yes, yes. I think okay. it's going to be T1 DRX. T1 Art DRX. Okay, so this would be an LCK-LCK finals. Yes. Exactly what Riot would like. Um, that so would also probably... Exactly what I would like, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would also mean only team kills or region kills because they would have to be EDG, T1 would have to win the other side, DRX and G or, uh, Damwon and Gen G are playing, which would mean the semifinal match, which then, yeah, yeah you would have it. That's a lot of team kills. So my, yeah. my medium take is that Damwon is going to win, is going to be Gen G. We don't want medium takes. But the hot take is DRX is okay, going to so be why is regardless why is of who wins that, so, yeah, DRX we, wins. Why is Travis DRX asked the parts? why, but what about the how? How <laughs> does how it happen? How is, well, they can beat EDG, I think, um, their top lane, I think, Flandre versus Kingen is... They don't... Neither of those teams play through top lane. So... Winnable. Winnable. Evenable. Evenable. I think if we get the right Pioshik, if we get the right Pioshik... You're going to have to flip a lot of coins correctly, my yes, friend. Yes. Or we can do what they've been doing in regional when Pioshik starts to int, bring in Juhan, 
um, who's been excellent on the Maokai. Probably had the best Maokai of the tournament so far, in my opinion, in jungle. In jungle, not top lane or support. But um, then also, DRX has the deft last dance buff. Um, I think all of the players are trying a little extra hard for their captain, for their leader. Um, Zeka has looked incredible. Barrel hasn't been just running it down like he is <laughs> prone to do at times. I'm also just a huge DRX fan, so this is maybe hit the copium tank, hit yeah, the copium yeah. tank just a little bit. But I do think there's a way for them to be EDG, um, spam ganking bottom. They can shut down Viper, maybe. Deft has been playing really well. His Caitlyn game was insane, absolutely insane. Um, I know it was against Gam, maybe. So. All right. So that's how, I guess. I mean, that's how was. they beat the first one. Um, and then the second one, that's, that's where things go downhill yes, real fast. It is. Um, and I agree. But I think that... Well, uh, we'll have time for semifinals true. later. It's, we got another show we coming We got to get up. reporters first. Okay. Us, us, I, w- I like this topic a lot, so I was ready to take it until the end. Yeah, you're like, keep talking to me about <laughs> how they're going to win the next one. Uh, Atlas, as the LCK guy, yeah. what are your fears? So he, he outlined very nicely all the things that are going to go great for them. But what, what should they be worried about? Take the other side of your own dreams. All right, so like, how are they going to not beat like if, EDG? Yeah, like what's well, EDG most, what are you most worried about from EDG? And, and even before we get to that, there was a take earlier that DRX is the worst team in quarterfinals. Do you think that's true? No. Okay. Because where, where, do you, where do you place... Oh. <laughs> where, where do you place them? And then them? there's three LPL teams. Yeah. I mean, like if it was top esports that made it out, then I think that that is the correct take. Okay. I do. All right. I mean, like... Objective. I still think that DRX can get further in, in the tournament that a lot of people expect, but I think they are finals? a wild... They are a wild... No, not finals. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, but okay. I think That's they all right. are definitely... It's a wild card take, you know? All right, all right. So back to Mark's point. You know, what's your general take on their challenges and issues? Yeah, like, what would you be most concerned of EDG? Like, it's going to happen, but, like, what's scaring you? Well, like, DRX generally play off their bottom lane, right? True. So, like... Deft and Mako winning lane is kind of a given in a, lot of, uh, in a lot of games that DRX play. And then other things happen around the map. Uh, for example, King and Pyoshik exist. <laughs> um, but Viper and Mako are extraordinarily good. Um, good news uh, for Deft is the fact that he knows how Mako plays, having been with him on EDG for a really long time. But that goes both ways, right? Mako knows what makes Deft tick. He understands what gets under his skin because honestly, it was Mako, in my opinion, that taught Deft how to lane. When Deft was on Samsung Blue, he was never known for good laning. His his yeah. whole MO, like the beauty of having Samsung White and Samsung Blue, was the fact that Imp was like the, the crazy laner. Yeah, 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 he was the monster, and Deft sat on Twitch in stealth all early game, and then came out and killed everyone in the late game. Like that was that was how it worked, and so I think that. Mako definitely understands how to play that one. I think the mid lane is where things get really exciting because I think Zeka is amazing. I don't know what, there, there has been a lot of negative Zeka takes going around and I think he's just proven time and time again that he's been just really, really good. So even, even his domestic stats are way high, higher than you'd expect them to be. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's a, there's a few good things for DRX, but Scout was, you know, world champion MVP. Um, he's so, pretty good. I mean, that's like that's a tough thing to go up against. He's he's been around the block a few times. Yeah, and although like Flandre has also been around the block a billion times, right? Like, I don't think anyone remembers when I casted the LPL, but I definitely casted Flandre a whole bunch of times. 
<laughs> um, and he was one of my favorite players as well. Like that that snake with you know Beast and Barker snake, snake and uh, cool Flandre and Crystal yeah. and oh my goodness, what a um, time to be alive. Anyway, uh, he is he's he's an older player, but he still plays a lot of those carries. We saw his Fiora actually popping off. I think that EDG are not to be slept on, and I don't think that our you know fourth seed from the LCK should realistically be someone that we're betting on against the former world champions. They are the third seed, though, so it's four versus three in that sense. Uh, I also feel like the, the big question for me is actually that, that mid lane matchup because I keep watching Zekka play Akali and Silas, and I'm like, okay, I know he's absolutely disgusting at these. When is he not going to be allowed to play them? And well, I, that's actually a really cool question. It's a really cool question because I don't think that he'll ever not have to play them. I think that he, like too many other bands. No, I think that like if you always have to ban Caitlyn, you always have to ban Yumi, you always have to ban Aatrox. It's the only thing that you know Kingen's actually been threatening on. I just don't think there's ever going to be a time where you're going to get to a point where Zeka has to actually test the rest of his champion, champion, which he has. But just why would you if you could just win the game? With the Kali Silas Azir. I mean, if they're up, yes, yeah, slam them. I'm, yeah. I'm 100% on that board. I just wonder, you know, I, I do wonder if they will try to do it a little bit more. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe the other bands are just too important. Caitlyn's yeah. gone through but has a bad win rate, but it's like maybe it's getting through against teams that can't play Caitlyn, and it's actually still disgusting. Uh, the Sivir Yumi situation is one where I don't want it to be as good as it looks. But it looks like it's yeah. really good. It just needs to be on the ban list or disabled. We need to come up with some sort of bug for I, Yumi so that she just can't be played. I asked Vanderil to find one for Aatrox after playing. So I mean, I, I actually I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream that one of the, you know how Ariana was disabled for a bit? I had a dream that that was Yumi the night after. Yeah. I had like the blue, the blue Twitter post and it was a beautiful if, if time. Maybe if you just tweet it. Well, on that like text screen. No, but Isaiah already ruined it. <laughs> it just Pe comes true. People will just think, you know, like you just have to get it to go viral, and then the teams won't. You just have to send it to their DMs. Like, have you guys seen this? And then, yeah, like, exactly. Maybe exactly. the teams won't really check. We'll print it off in Korean and Chinese yeah. and see Slide whether it, into it works. Their team doors. <laughs> yes, they won't realize. Uh, um, I, the other, the only other thing I'll say is I'm a little concerned about Flandre. For if, if you're DRX, I'm concerned about him because he did look better than I thought he would when he was just slamming the Fiora counters on red side. Um, I know he, he can play them, but you know, just seeing him do it was like, all right, well, now you have to worry about this a little bit more. And I, I don't think he's not like the kind of guy, he's not 369 or Zeus, but like he's still good enough that they might be able to make it about top lane potentially a little bit more than I think DRX wants it to be. Yeah, and uh, him and King and both have a gangplank in their back pocket as well. I think that's actually going to be something really interesting to look out for. Um, but we, we, we haven't spoken about the elephant in the room, right? And that is Pyoshik versus JJ being like, who knows what's going to happen. And <laughs> it's, it's a I think it, rando, like, hey, wait, ah, hang on. There was dice. a Champions Q game where Viper said in Champions Q, well, JJ's bad, so... Ooh. Yeah. Well, there you go. I forget who All he right. was talking to. I'm changing my pickums when I go I home. I forget who there he was go. talking to, but Viper himself said JJ is bad. So Thank you, you so much for joining us. No problem. Uh, congratulations again on winning some Chipotle. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to the LCK. More people need to watch LCK because it's awesome, and Atlas is awesome. I agree. Not with the last oh. bit, but the LCK bit. Bonus, bonus shout out. Shout out to Dracos because earlier when the bar was really busy, he pointed out and said that I was waiting for a long time. So shout out to him. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, Dracos did not hear your shout out at all. That's, That's you, right. Man. This man just I'll shouted you know. out because apparently you helped him at the what at the bar. You were saying he was first. Okay, fantastic. He knows. gentleman cure. Yes. Either way, thank you so much. Thank you.
Dracos is such a fake nice guy. It makes me sick. He's, he's a always, real nice he's guy. He's always doing these fake nice okay, do you things. Okay, do you want a Draco's story? I can give you a Draco's what, you, story. You give a Draco story while I get the I next take. I have to take. do an ad. Okay, so <laughs> you do an ad. I do the you ad. Tell you story, tell a Draco story. I'll get a caller. He's going to go get somebody. So, first off, uh, thank you so much to Chipotle for sponsoring the show. Would not make it happen. This is a very true story. Uh, I Earlier today, we were here, and I was like, let's go get Chipotle for lunch because we were setting up. And literally right around the corner, there is a Chipotle. There's also one on the floor of the Eiffel Tower, or Eiffel Tower, the Empire State Building. Where am I again? You can tell I've been drinking. Uh, no, the Empire State Building, there is a, a Chipotle on the floor of it. So they're all over the place. Uh, it's been fantastic to have them uh, be here. I, earlier, as we did the Chipotle hot take uh, in the chat, in fact, I see it getting uh, still shared there right now. We gave the code out to try to get, uh, if you use that, you can get a thou- one of a thousand uh, uh, free entrees if you're one of the first thousand people to uh, to apply that code. But thank you so much to Chipotle for sponsoring the show. It's been really great to have them on as a partner. They've been uh, fantastic to work with, and uh, I just like it's so great whenever you can work with a brand or product that you love and use all the time. And uh, again, people can go back to my Chipotle with Double Lift interview from like 11 years ago to know how much uh, Chipotle Peter and I. Uh, used to and still today eat. So thank you so much, Chipotle, for sponsoring the show. Uh, thank you for creating the Chipotle hot take. And I guess we now get a story atlas about. Yeah, Dracos. it's just a it's just a quick one. I just want to talk about how awesome Dracos is. And yes. so I was I was in Berlin. And He's not paying attention again, by the no, way. No, it's okay. He yeah. doesn't need to. Yes. Um, it's just a good story, to be perfectly honest. Um, we were. It was like last night um, at one of the international events. At some point in the past, they've all kind of rolled into one. But I left a couple of beers in his fridge, and two years later, he gave them back. I went back to Berlin the next time, and I drank them. You drank them. He you kept them, them in, in his fridge for, for me years. Were they for still two good? years. I mean, how long do it was some... Guinness? So yeah, it uh, okay, tastes okay. the same. Gotcha. You know. Fantastic. Yeah, well, you put let's... dirt in the fridge; it's going to taste like Very dirt. Nice <laughs> It's either a compliment to how dedicated his friend is, or how rarely he cleans out his fridge. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's he doesn't like Guinness. Okay, well, so they survived we because he a, doesn't like Guinness. <laughs> I guess they're not going to be a potential brand partner for any of our stuff. Okay, David is here. Welcome back to the show. From here for the first. Hi, Dave. Uh, How's it going? Do you want to remind da- David? Do you want to remind everyone where you're from? Uh, from Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Hell's Kitchen. You're joining us from Hell's Kitchen right here, uh, and. Uh, do you want to remind everyone what your, your take was the first time you were on the show? Oh, my take was that all three LCS teams would make it out of groups. Oh. And the specific analogy that I used was that we need to shoot for the stars, hope to land on the moon, and pray that we get off the ground. Turns out we dug ourselves a six-foot grave. So, so before we get into the, his take for this show, it's been so funny because David... Uh, congratulations, David. Got his first media badge ever for this Worlds. So he joined the, the media crew at this, at this Worlds. Uh, and uh, David, well, so Drew, who's working the event with me, he and I got to watch David's just hope get crushed slowly over the course of the event. He was like running around and waving an American flag uh. in the beginning. And by the end, we'd go up to him, and he'd just be like, oh, man, I can't believe when, that. When you're as jaded as Travis and I are, all you want to see is that twinkle die in the new fan Yes, eyes. exactly. Exactly. The only way we can get energy back is all from right, All right. We got, we got a couple people What's to run, run through here. 
Uh, my take is that the LCS moving to a weekday schedule is a horrible decision. All right. And I think you lacks the priorities it. that we need to have. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, yeah. No, actually, I did. I think, well, you said you wanted to, you had tweeted about this, and, and I didn't see, you looked at the video, because I did a video about this. Okay. Five steps back. There's a rumor reported by Blix that LCS is moving to two days during the week instead of the weekend. You got to put this context out there for people that don't know. I did a video. You did a video responding to my video. Why is this, why is this bad? Because every, the main argument that I've seen from a lot of people, including the people that you've talked to, I asked a few people about it on site as well, is that, yeah, it's great because my weekends are done or used for other things. It's not like your weekdays are any different. If the argument is that you are an adult and you have other things going on in your life and your weekends are reserved for going out, so is that window that you get off work. Coming from somebody who works in corporate America, who works nine to six, gets off, grabs dinner, has to let the dogs out, do whatever I need to do otherwise, I will be lucky if I'm able to catch the same amount of LCS games as I would on the week, or as I would on the weekends during the weekdays. The bigger problem, I think, is that LCS just now becomes second fiddle in a lot of people's lives, and it's no longer the priority. Whereas five years ago, doesn't matter what college football game is on, doesn't matter what event's going on, they're going to watch LCS and still be able to go out to a party that evening. That's just no longer the case where that is the priority in their life anymore. Before Travis talks, Atlas, LCK has weekday games. No, that, that was actually going to be my response is... The best solution to this is to just do both. Because we just do five days, I'm fine with and that. then it just goes all the way over. And, and then you've, you've got the best of all worlds. I'd be perfectly fine if it was five days and we had games throughout the days. But given the such high priority on viewership has to hit X, and we need to consolidate it down to just two days to make sure that our viewership looks good for X, Y, and Z... I don't think that's just ever going to happen. Even though I wish that it would. By all means, I wish we had your system. I okay, do. Let's take a poll in the audience. How many of you will watch less LCS if it is on the weekdays? Okay, I'm seeing some hands go up. I can't. How many of you will watch? Hands down. How many of you will watch about the same LCS if it's on the weekdays? Okay, like that's an equal number of hands. How many of you will watch more LCS? I mean, this seems like, David, this Those three like, guys over there are going to watch so much LCS. <laughs> so, like, from, from just, like, this random sample, purely scientific, of, uh, this, of these League of Legends LCS viewers, it feels like most people will watch more or the same. Like, that, so, I don't know. Words are one thing. When it comes time to the moment and 7 o'clock comes on a Wednesday afternoon and you have to decide between what you need to do to get done and watching the LCS, your I'm actions will be different than your words. I'm sitting on the couch and watching you're, you're getting heckled by the audience. This guy Vince is sitting on the couch and watching nothing. I mean, here's the thing. Why not have it on point. while you are ordering Grubhub? Your Chipotle or something like that. You know what I mean? No, but like you got it on your phone with your dogs while you're walking dinner through the time. City? I mean, that's the thing. Like, what... Primetime television, for us boomers that remember, existed for a reason. Like, they didn't used to be like, hey, Friends is on Saturday at noon. It was on, like, a, I don't know, Thursday or something like that in the evening. Like, there, people have, they're looking for something to watch in the evenings. I feel like, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to become, like, Mr. 
move to the weekdays thing, but like I don't know what Mark. Nothing. Alice and I are talking. Mind your own business, dude. Okay, Do okay. the show. Yeah, yeah. So for context, I work for both CBS and Disney, who owns ABC. So I'm very much. But you're not the programming guy for these. No, but one of the things that I did during my job with CBS was track audience ratings and uh, viewership metrics. Mm. So I, one of my jobs was we were at the time we were missing our audience projections uh, by upwards of like 15%. Yeah. By the time I was done with projections, we got it down to about five to six percent. So I'm very I'm very familiar with trying to predict trends in this regard. And by all means, I don't know the data that Riot has. And by all means, if they're making this decision with proper data, that's fine. But we on the outside don't have access to that. So we have to put together our best guess as to what it is, which same thing going on to the reason why many of us, including myself, do believe that Valorant plays a part in this is because we have no other information otherwise. And no matter what, you can't control that narrative. Like we will, I promise you, you ask the majority of people in this audience, they will tell you that Valorant probably has something to do with it in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to talk about the Valorant stuff because that's kind of also unannounced and like it's, it's hard to figure out like what that, that looks like. So it's, that, that will send us down another like conversation that is probably worth having at a later time. But I don't know, Mark, you've been kind of silent on this. My entire life is League of Legends. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I get to sidestep all these issues you're talking about. I'm like, well, I'll show up on Tuesday or <laughs> but, Wednesday. I mean, but you do Thursday. care a ton about viewership. Are you worried at all about it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, who we're targeting exactly. I guess like, I'm not the one deciding this kind of stuff. Are, are kids, younger people, more free on weekdays or weekends? I, I don't know. I would assume weekends, but you know. I think if people want to watch the LCS, they'll watch it, whether it's on a weeknight or a weekend, the majority of the time, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's like it feels bad that things are changing, and change is scary. But I mean, I think it's a wait and see, and if it if it then goes to shit, then I'd assume that Riot will probably be like, oh, viewership's down after we made this change. Perhaps we'll change it back. Like, well, I don't it's know. kind of hard to undo because if you're giving Val the weekend. You can't you really give be like, them the weekdays. Yeah, well, I just it's like it, it's really tough because see that is where the conflict why don't you occurs. alternate weeks? You know, one goes on the week, one well, goes on the weekday. Why don't they both just play on the stage yeah, at the same time? Yeah, cyclical. You can just have them both there. Yeah, and actually, you rotate them on a different weekday or different weekend right, every anyway, single week. Thank I think you, you roll Atlas. the dice at the start of the week, and whoever has a higher number gets the same. Yeah, thing. there you go. Atlas is going to become the programming we should manager. Should be league for, ops. Yes, yes. We're awesome. No, oh, it I mean, would be the a, worst decision. Here's the thing, uh, uh, David. I I I worry as well. It is a huge shift. And like within esports, there's not, it's not like television where there's years and years and years and years and years of data to make these decisions off of and like a ton of investment into analytics and tracking and all that stuff. It is kind of a, a gamble. And obviously, like there's some data, but so I do worry similar to you. But what I will say as a counterpoint to your thing is like, I have just been very surprised at how much, like you go on Reddit and like the doom and gloom crowd is just like, oh, LCS is dead, LCS is dead, LCS is dead. And then I put out a video, and I was surprised at how many people were like, oh my god, I hope it moves to the weekdays, because I used to watch so much LCS, and now I'm like, I've got a family, and I can't do things on the weekend or whatever. And so like, there are, I, I've been surprised at how much I've seen and heard from people who are actually really excited about the potential of it being on the weekdays. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm also trying to find the numbers 
which is difficult. But I've heard that by the end of Friday Night League, the numbers were pretty even with Saturday and Sunday. So, like, I don't, and I don't recall that as much, but it's what I've been hurt. So, yeah. I have a question. Yes. Um, or more of, a, more of a statement, I guess. Um, based on the viewership that we have in the LCK, viewership numbers are almost entirely based on who is playing on the day and not when they're playing. The only thing that changes, really, is how many people are actually at Lowell Park. Ah. So if you're trying to aim for live audiences turning up for the show, weekends are absolutely what you want to go for. If you want people to be in their pajamas, watching the show at home, like living their best life, then weekdays are absolutely fine. And I can guarantee you, like, we put a T1 Gen G game on on Wednesday compared to Saturday. The number's going to be basically the same. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've, LCS has always done the every team plays every day, you know, the best of one situation. Yeah. So I don't think there's been a... When I was looking at the rumors, it didn't sound like there were any format changes. No, about I that don't think so. Rumored. So I think uh, just as a... I'll mention this maybe in another video. I've heard that Riot basically... they. If you go back and look, they promised not to make any format changes like last year. And so I think they're going to hold to that. So I don't think there's going to be any format changes. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. We're running out of time. David, anything that you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, shout out to Chipotle. Shout out to Grubhub. Shout out to CLG, who I know some of them are here now. Woo! They have been putting on, they've been putting on daily events every day that Worlds is here. And to the other eight LCS teams, because I know 100 Thieves had an event here on Saturday this past week. Where are you? You have LCS fans out here dying for literally anything, and nobody's around. Boom. Just saying. Shaming the LCS right as he leaves. All right, thank you so much, David, uh, for making it on the show. Uh, sorry your last take did not turn out well, but hopefully your next take also fails. All right. Uh, yes, what, Mark? I was going to say, are we done? Or are we... I, we, are, we are winding down the show uh, now. Okay. I mean, we're out of time. We're oh. running over time, in fact. So, Atlas, oh. thank you so much You're for uh, coming on the show. Anything you want to shout out? Um, I just want to say thank you for inviting me, Travis, and uh, thanks for having me once again. Hopefully, we can come back and do another possibly different video game-affiliated podcast in the future. Um, shout out to everyone for, for coming out. Thank you so much for, for being here. It's the first time I've ever done a podcast in front of an audience, and it's just so cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah. I think it's really cool. So thank I, you guys I love so this. much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thanks to just New York in general for being yes. so welcoming, and it's just amazing to travel again. Mark. Thank you so much. Let's hit the bar. Do you have anything you want to shout out? That is the shout out. The okay. bar. Uh, shout out to everybody who Bartenders. watched. Uh, shout out to everybody that is here. A shout out to The Cutting Room for hosting us. They've been fantastic. And also, shout out to none other than Grubhub and Chipotle for making the whole show Woo! happen. We couldn't do this without them. It's really cool. David was just talking about how he wants to see more esports stuff in New York. We've been able to do three shows. This is our last one in New York. We'll see you all next week for Atlanta. Uh, stay tuned for ticket information for that. And uh, we will see you all next time. Yeehaw. Woo!